gentlemen, welcome to the planning committee. Um, first of all, a couple of housekeeping. If you have a mobile phone switched on, could I ask you please to turn it off or put it onto silent? That is, they ring in the middle of the meeting, it is very distracting for the committee. Secondly, there are no fire alarms scheduled for this afternoon, so if the bell goes, it's for real. Um, if that happens, could I please ask you to exit by the doors, down the stairs, and uh, congregate outside uh, the building, uh, in front of the building. Uh, do I have any declarations and apologies for that? I've got a question to ask um, with regard to Newport. Um, the, the cabinet made a decision on that, but it was only in principle to run its court. So I presume, do, do you want me to declare an accusatory or not at all? Okay, fine. Councillor Ranger. Mr. Chairman, declare a non pecuniary interest in item 4.8. was considered at the previous committee meeting on the 11th of February, which was deferred to allow further information regarding a couple of points clarification on the amount of mini space for each residential unit and also the number and location of every person bungalows within the site. Additional revised information has been submitted by the applicant by the way an updated schedule of accommodation which you would have just been passed when a card copy of the accommodation the schedule accommodation itself. Um, the schedule outlines the amount of private and communal and space for each of these residential units. If 
in terms that the residential units within development will have adequate amenity space, apart from six residential flats that will be built by the garages that are known as bogs. These units will be provided with a five square metre balcony to the rear of these flats. Although six residential units out of 155 has a slight shortfall in amenity space, officers consider that the adequate amenity space has been provided for all the residential units within development. In terms of the bungalows, it can be confirmed that there are eight elderly person bungalows within the development. These are located on plot numbers 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 83 and 138. It should also be noted that since the application was deferred at the last committee meeting, the planning the applicants have submitted revised further information regarding the apartment block B, specifically has been amended to show that the eaves and the reach height has been reduced. The overall height of the apartment block has been reduced by approximately 0.7 of a metre, from 11.4 metres to 10.8 metres. This would therefore mean that the apartment block would be approximately 1.6 metres higher than the adjacent one proposed next to it. Officers consider that the proposal on balance is in accordance with the national and local planning policies and meets the obligations of the Section 106 agreement attached to the outline consent. Officers are therefore recommending that the application be approved subject to the suggested conditions. Thank you very much. Now we have some speakers who wish to speak with this regard to this application. And the first person is Dr. Graham Mott, if you'd like to come forward. Can I remind you, you have three minutes to speak. Madam Chairman, I wish to address the committee on the subject of access. The officer's report states, Appendix A, Section 10.25, the application includes the details of the proposed access to the site for approval at this stage. Access was a reserved matter in the outline planning agreement granted by this committee to the Crown Estate in June 2012, with an indication that access could be achieved onto Stansted Road. I live immediately next to the Gables, which is scheduled for demolition, such that the side wall forms my boundary. The Crown Estate investigated other access possibilities. In answer to emails over many months, they always stated that the Stansted Road option was probable or likely, but never definite. However, when David Wilson Holmes took over, they regarded access off Stansted Road as fixed and the Crown Estate's indicative drawing as inviolable. But the question of the best position for access within the available space has not been adequately considered. The application shows the new junction as near as possible to existing houses on Stansted Road, of which mine is the first. I contend that the junction should be as far away as possible. The available space is such that the junction could be moved, by my estimation, about nine metres. Improvements to both safety and visibility would result. We would not be forced to reverse in or out across the junction. Visibility problems through parked cars in front of the row of small houses in Stansted Road would be lessened. The first impediment to visibility is the bush at the further side of our premises. We, all our successors, could grow a hedge on our boundary which would further impede visibility. There are no problems concerning visibility in the other direction and parking on 
that stretch in front of the spinney is extremely rare. Essex Highways assess only that the proposal meets their technical guidelines. They do not consider whether the arrangement is the best available or that parking outside our house would breach highway code provisions on parking near a junction. I cannot find other examples of a road junction which is so close to private premises. Certainly not on a busy main road with a big designation. A new junction there proposed must be in breach of policy SP15 which says that development will be managed so that it improves road safety and takes account of the needs of all users. I will conclude by suggesting that the answer to the question where would be the best position for a new junction must be as far away as possible from existing houses rather than, as is proposed, as close as possible to existing houses. Madam Chairman, I thank you and the committee for your attention. Thank you. Um, the next speaker is somebody from the Parish Council, Councillor Peter Johnson. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Following the deferment of this planning application by the Planning Committee, the Parish Council has re-examined the application and again wishes to highlight its concerns and objections to a number of the proposals included in the development by David Wilson Holmes. In regard to the five two-and-a-half-storey apartment dwellings to be provided within the development, the Parish Council has very definite concerns over the introduction of this type of effectively three-storey apartment building and continues to disagree with the case officer that the buildings will not be visibly intrusive. The street elevation drawings clearly show that the apartment buildings do in fact visually dominate the street scene and are completely out of character and out of place in a development that is on the edge of the village, borders ancient woodland and in a rural area. This style of multi-storey apartment dwelling has already been rejected by Uffelsford in another new development within Elsman, and the Parish Council considers this should be applied equally to this development under, currently under consideration. Members of the committee had, at last month's planning meeting, raised very definite concerns over the inadequacy in the size of gardens and the lack of amenity space to be provided with some of the houses and apartment blocks. Again, the Parish Council, having re-examined the developer's proposal, has also concerns regarding the lack of garden space to be provided with some of the smaller houses. Furthermore, the developer's proposal to substitute private balconies in lieu of providing garden space seems in the Council's view to be completely unreasonable. In a development of this type, which is to become part of a rural village environment, the proposals to provide postage stamp sized gardens or to exclude any form of garden space altogether is totally out of character for Elson and is unacceptable. In regard to the parking provision for the development, although the developer has attempted to provide a mix of residential parking, the Parish Council does nevertheless have concerns and objections to the parking proposals as presented. In particular, it is noted from the 
site layout plans, only 20 unallocated and visitor parking spaces are to be provided, as opposed to the 39 spaces required by the Uttersford parking standards, a shortfall of some 25%. It has also been observed that the distribution of this unallocated parking within the developments is mainly set around the periphery of the site, with the houses in the central and western parts of the site having little or no unallocated parking whatsoever. This the Parish Council considers to be a poor design feature. The Parish Council therefore asks that the developer be requested to increase the number of unallocated parking spaces and review their distribution within the site. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you. And the last speaker on this application is the applicant who is Peter Lee. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, my name is Peter Biggs. I'm the Head of Planning at David Wilson Homes, East St. Counties. As outlined by your officers in their presentation in Commission Report, this application was deferred last month by members to clarify the amount of amenity space for each residential property and the number and location of bungalows within the development. The officers' report now clearly confirms that all houses have enough private amenity space to comply with the minimum standards set out in guidance contained within the Essex Design Guide. All two bed properties are provided with at least 50 square metres and each three or more bedroom dwellings have been provided with at least 100 square metres of private amenity space. Many of the properties, in fact, exceed this level of private amenity space. The three apartment blocks within the scheme provide communal amenity space in excess of the requirements set out in the Essex Design Guide, and the balconies are provided for, are provided for six flats over garages meet the size requirements for balconies advised within the guidance. We therefore work closely with your officers to achieve a scheme that provides an acceptable level of private amenity space for each of the properties. The other matter for deferral and the, the amount of and location of bungalows proposed is clarified in paragraph 1.6 of your officers' report. The scheme as previously presented last month proposes eight bungalows amounting to the 5% required. The application is therefore fully compliant in this respect. Turning to the final matter, Whilst not appointed deferral from the February Committee, we have taken stock of comments made by members about the height of Block B, located in the northeast corner of the site. Firstly, though, and most importantly, I would like to highlight to members the outline planning permission that has been granted at the site and the parameter plan that establishes the heights of development within the scheme. This approved outline parameter plan clearly shows that a two and a half storey apartment building in the location closed in this proposed in this reserve matters application is acceptable heights and form of development. The parameter plan approved by the council in fact indicates an apartment block in this location. We have therefore followed the height requirements that have been granted by members under the outline planning commission. Through a detailed review of the design of block B, we've been able to reduce the height of the two and a half storey apartment building down from 11.4 metres to a maximum height of 10.8 metres. The eaves have also been dropped from 7.2 metres to 6.9 metres. Changing height between the adjacent house and the apart building will not result in an overbearing impact and is a form and height of development that is often seen in residential developments of this type. The heights proposed are fully compliant with the approved outline parameters. 
The access to the site was discussed at the previous meeting, and officers confirmed that the location of the access is as shown in the outline of the Planning Commission, and that the Highway Authority has not raised an objection on highway safety grounds. Uh, I would just therefore like to say, in conclusion, that your officers have provided detailed justification for the approved application for this site, and I urge you to accept this recommendation. Thank you, Chair. Before I open it up to members, can I uh, just ask a question with regard to the the access? Is there any wriggle room on that, as we heard from the first speaker, um, whether it's moved slightly away um, from the residents that are there? I, 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 you know, I'm asking whether that is. I can only imagine at most maybe a foot or two of that actually, actually going out there and measuring to see how much room could be moved further away from the adjoining road. Um, but because you obviously got a adjoining front hill stands road there, uh, the proposed one, um, I, I wouldn't foresee too much room with that measurement. Can I ask then, or the legal officer, if we were so wanted to put a condition that uh, um, the entrance to be discussed between the highways and the developer and the council to see if there's any, I'll use the expression again, a wriggle room because you know, I think it's, you know, if you move something slightly over it may be welfare. Can we do that by condition? I would like to hear what uh, the planners have to say about that. Um, conditions have to be necessary to bring forward the development. Yes, but it might be necessary to, to achieve this. There is, there is, there is, like, you know, I think what's been said there is absolutely correct. I think in terms of what's been proposed in terms of the access, it's got to be necessary. But in terms of the, you continue with the, the term living room, in terms of the moving, we are only talking at most a couple of, couple of feet, which is, to be honest with you, an area of tolerance that we would normally deal with in terms of the actual scheme itself anyway. So if we ended up with the scheme being approved, as it was with the access in that particular location, and there was, once you're on site, a situation whereby it could have been slightly away, and it ends up, and we were heard from David Wilson, and they could move it a couple of three feet away, because that is literally all that we're talking to, honestly. Yeah, I know it is, I know it is, but that's all that we're talking, I think that type of river room could be tolerated within the scheme. As well, don't forget, of course, the county council will need to be involved in this yeah. section 38 in terms of the adoption of Yeah, so I don't think a condition is necessary to us. I think the type of adjustment that could be made could be made, but it's of that level, to be honest. Thank you. Councilman Nell. Thank you, Jim. If you haven't got wiggle room, there's not a lot of pointers being here. And I'm very concerned about Dr. Mott's letter. He's written uh, in great detail, and there's a on our yellow pages, the fourth paragraph from the bottom, he points out, as we seem to always recognise, that Essex County Council do tabletop exercises without actually looking at the area properly. <coughs> and I think he's put forward some very valid points, and I don't think Essex County Council have been at all helpful yet. So I actually would like to suggest that we defer this application to a new access that he has suggested is looked at family. Just one to defer and defer. Because I think that there is a certain amount that you can defer. 
Um, I think we need to get make a decision on this particular application in the Christ office. I think in terms of the, the precise access, the Dr. Moss requirements, I think Dr. Moss quite reasonable with some of the things he said there in terms of could we maximise the distance away from the property. But we also need to be mindful of the, the developer situation here in terms of what's in front of us. The county council cannot insist that the access be moved away, further away. Um, what is actually proposed? I would also question whether or not it's done at a desktop level. It's you know the, 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 the transport stuff that's presented is by the professionals uh, acting for the agents, and that is tested. And the officer dealing with those particular submissions is aware of the site and would have visited the site, and so they would be aware of what's going on the site. So I don't, I don't think the highways. But the issue is, highways could not insist on the access being moved, so literally deferring it to try to find the, the appropriate part of the site. I think that can be sorted out if the application were approved, in terms of the, once you get to section 38, but often accesses do move slightly because of various issues in terms of adoption issues. So, and those type of changes <coughs> can be taken into account. The developers are here, uh, and in terms of relationship issues, there could be a possibility. I'm not saying there is definitely a possibility, but I don't think it needs to be deferred to be sorting that out. I think it was more of what I'm thinking of, wasn't it? I mean, I think it would be a good idea to continue the debate. Do you agree with me, Councillor Mayor? I'm happy to continue the debate, but I don't think the answer I got, of course, was satisfactory to me. Um, I, I do think Dr. Mott's other suggestion hasn't been looked at by highways, and I wish it would be. The, I think that the, what the offer was saying, Councilman, or that the that highways look at what is put in front of them, they have an application, they have to decide on the application whether this is acceptable or not. They don't, they are not in a position to come back and say, I don't like this, go away. Well, they can say, I don't like this, but they don't say, but go away and put it there. I don't think it's, it, it, am I correct? That is not in their remit. They have to comment on planning applications, just as we have to comment on planning applications, which are in front of us. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, I concur with Councillor Mellon. Dr. Moss has got some very valid points, and I think he ought to be listened to, seriously. Um, it's almost as though the little room that you're talking about is not just a foot. To my mind, it's, it's a house width, which could quite easily be done. The house width, if um, Mr. Trevelyan can move his head a bit. If the house on the right of the entrance there, could be moved to the left and the entrance itself to the right, <coughs> then the problem would be solved. No destruction would have to take place. And the, the builders are here, the developers are here. I agree County Council has no say in this, but the, the, the developers are here. David Wilson Holmes do listen. I'm pretty sure about that. And a lot of pain and aggravation could be eliminated if, uh, if they took note of Dr. Mock's comments. The second point I'd like to make is that uh, I'd like clarification on the number of plots for bungalows, please. In the representation by David Wilson, they say that uh, the proposals continue to include eight bungalows. And we've had a document passed just now, which I've missed two off. So six plus two, eight, eight. 
highway reduces no footpath um, with a dot to half metre strip and a second for drawing I've marked up um, a, a narrower width of road. Um, if that is replicated in the rest of the uh, development, then there could be issues here, which um, we're being asked to approve. That's all I'm saying. That's the observation I'm making. That if there are two drawings submitted by the applicant, we should be able to view those drawings to draw our own conclusions as to whether we are satisfied with the proposal that's before us. I mean, what I think what Councillor Roger is saying is, can our dump plots get put around here? Um, and by not being able to see it, I think it's drawing. It's very difficult to gauge that. Good. Um, I haven't got a second drawing available at this stage. Okay. I'm not aware of the two drawings. In terms of the last time homes query, um, there were a couple of concerns in terms of size and positioning of, of certain windows within development, which were more than accommodated by amendments if we would be the fire commission. The, um, but on the, the point about the draft cards, that's an actually a very important point because if we are building an estate of this size, we do need to know that the services can actually be able to service the area. And this is your query, and it does concern me that you are asking us to approve something if we are minded to go down that road and not have the information in front of us. So, so we need a guarantee that the, the dust carts can get round, otherwise you're going to have a huge problem in the state with sons. I was going to say, the, um, in terms of dusting, in terms of whether they can get round in and around the site itself, it has to uh, comply with the uh, part B of the emergency access and part in one of the buildings. Yeah, we, we are aware of that, but we have states now where we have refuse vehicles cannot get around, yet those at the states were passed by County Council as being suitable. But on street parking restricts the width and therefore vehicles can't get there. Um, and there are plenty of uh, examples which are happening probably today when the refuge vehicles can't get down in some places. So, you know, we, we our phone rings when, when there's a problem. All we're saying is give us a drawing and we can we can look at it and make our own uh, judgment on whether we think that, that layout is suitable for the circumstances. Yeah, with respect, I don't think it's this pity to determine the niceties there are very important issues to what you're saying. They, these, as, as, as Lindsay just said, they need to play with the necessary parts of the building legs. There's also a requirement under the section 38. There is a team of people over the county council, okay, whether or not it's the council's building control team or whether it's in the building inspector, who are paid to actually check that particular issue out. So even if we have that drawing available, it's not for us to determine whether that would work or not. I and mean, the advice that we're getting is that it would determine it. And in terms of the implementation, and in terms of having to comply with the building regulations, that's something that would need to have to happen. And then I think you, did, you know, and I, and I don't think you, you cannot guarantee in terms of looking at the drawings today that I think what the indications are they would comply, but the fact that it is not for us within this room to actually determine that today in terms of whether it does or not. I hear what you're saying, but one of the problems is is that it, the buck always comes back to us, and and it's always the same. You gave permission, why didn't you check this out? So I think what we're saying is that we do, we would like 
that sort of information to be with us so that we can give an informed decision at the end of the day. And I think it is, it's a very fair point that Councillor Ranger has, has brought up, that we, if we've got that information, and then we can say, right, there's not going to be a problem there, we, we continue, or there are mitigations put in so that they can do their job. Because it is, I know we are only one department of the council, but it would be lovely if we all work together is it not true to say that this council, this committee, is the final arbiter in a planning decision and that advice received from various quarters is taken into consideration and if we don't get that advice, we can't make a final decision? I think actually the appeal decision is the final arbiter, both support all the courts, but, but uh, I hear what you're saying. The final decision maker in terms of the planning decision. You know, there is a section 38 discussion that will have to happen, and there's a building control discussion that has to happen, built around what is put forward as guidelines in terms of what, we, what, what is put in front of us. But we are not, you're not approving the actual drain distances and stuff like that, which is critical issues, but those type of things in terms of the way it works. Another way members are absolutely concerned about it, and you know I'm not a fan of conditions, is to put a specific condition on to actually indicate that the layout actually does comply with it. There is an option to do that, although, right. as you say, it's not something I would always advocate, but it's a bit belt and braces and an extra pair of pet belts as well, but there is an option for the condition that members are that concerned. Okay, fine. Thank you. Councillor Matlin, sorry. Thank you, Chair. I was quite prepared to second Councillor Manel's offer of uh, deferment. And with the further questions that uh, Councillor Manger has raised, I think that uh, the question of deferment definitely has to be considered. Right. Well, you know the rules of the game because you have you have seconded, Councillor. Uh, you you made a request. Are you making that request again? Yes, I'm happy to do that and to add Councillor Ranger's concerns to mine. Right, Chancellor. Then we right. have to go. Chairman, to... I'm not seeking a deferment on my grounds. Well, we will have to go to a vote with regard to deferral because I have to cut conversation and I have to go for a vote on deferral. Yes, he's Right, all those in favour of deferral, please show. Those against, please show. Right, members, I think we need to get down to the nitty-gritty and we need to make a decision on this. Councillor Barry, you're next. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I have serious concerns with this, especially with design. This committee has always stood for no parking courts because it creates ghettos, because people don't park in them, they park in the roads, and nothing can get through, as has already been said. I also have concerns with the UBC Access and Equalities Officer as raised from 817 right through to 821. I wonder if those have been addressed. Uh, and the access is crazy. Sorry, was that just a statement or what? No, no, I've asked the questions. Has the concerns raised from 817 to 21 been addressed and been resolved? The long-term terms conditions, and I think Lindsay mentioned this earlier, in terms of the you're actually dealing with development, it, I'm not demeaning long-term homes, it's absolutely a critical part and it's quite clearly written in where we want to go. But quite often to accommodate long-term homes, it is issues such as the internal design of houses, provision of 
uh, situations where windows will be, where, where accesses will be, all that can seriously can be considered within the layout. There's no issues regarding the layout, which actually goes to the right time home. Hence why we've actually gone as far as put condition 12 as part of the next experiments, a drawing demonstrating compliance with light at home should be provided. And obviously, the, the, and that provides the necessary guidance for which the council's equality officer and access officer will be consulted on that particular issue to make sure she's wholly satisfied in terms of where we're going. So I think, you know, because they the, what's in front of you today probably doesn't go down to that in detail, but it is an important issue that is covered by a condition. Thank you. Uh, I think this is a very disappointing application. I'm very unhappy about the fact that of the, I say, I went through the grid of 155 houses, 63, the bare minimum of the amenity space. And there's a couple of houses that don't have sufficient parking spaces. Then there's the four flats that have just got balconies. Uh, the, the design of this estate, not a better word, is just poor. If Councillor Godwin were here, she'd be saying, why would he ask them not to parking courts? I thought the idea was that we'd set ourselves again. So the grounds, those grounds have been addressed by the developers and in my view uh, they seem to make a fairly um, good fist of addressing those concerns which were expressed at the first um, meeting. And uh, in my view, uh, I, I, the, the, the um, application now is in a satisfactory state for progression and I propose that the uh, that this development be approved. Now, do I have a second for that, please? For, for approval. Well, I'll second it just to get it on the table. Um, can I ask if we go down, we're minded to go down, but one of the conditions is to, um, to check that the, uh, the roads are adequate for the, um, you called it section 38 or the, I don't know, what we can do, sorry, what we can do is a similar condition to condition 12, but only regarding uh, access for refuse collectors, etc. So the price committed to them to draw and demonstrate compliance with, and then we'll put the refuse back in there. And I, I would go back to how, when I started, how can I put my wood wiggle room <coughs> into a condition? Because I think that is actually the is a very important part of this is to get access in the Well, I think it's more fundamental. Fundamental problem. Yeah, no, it's more than just 
is more than just moving it a bit, it's moving it across. I'm not demeaning what it is, yeah, moving over a house is a bit longer, that's not in front of you, and in terms of, in terms of what we want. Um, because, you know, that is an appropriate access between the fraud, supported by the Highway Authority, we would have visited the site, I would have assessed what was in front of them as well. And so it's a difference what we call river road. In terms of moving things two or three metres, two or three feet, uh, that's normal, what usually happens in terms of when once the development starts happening on the site. Chairman, nothing's been built yet. The things are still at the design stage. It's a question of putting another line on it, that's all. Uh, what I'm asking is if we can actually have a petition to say that the, the, um, the actual position of the access is to be discussed with the developer and, the, um, and ourselves. Is that allowed? Because that it is, it is allowed. Your wiggle room might be small, might be a bit bigger. Yeah, you could put it on as a finishing chairman, to be honest. It's, it's just that members need to be mindful about what could come out of that. Well, we can request that, you, that that comes back to us as a committee so that we can make a decision on it. I, well, I think we can. Well, you can. But that's <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your decision, but I think members just need to remind you the fact that, that, that if you put that type of condition on, um, you know, that, that, you know, that could have consequences in terms of first that condition and so So members just need to be aware of the implications of what you're doing. You have an access in front of you that is acceptable. Um, it is not as simple as what Councillor is saying in terms of shifting the access across. Um, but it is. I'm sorry, Roger, if it's not acceptable to me, it's not acceptable well, to other people. But that's, so it's not well, that's down to those. So the answer to the Chairman's question, in terms of river room, in terms of moving things a few feet, that could be accommodated in the normal state of affairs. To put a condition on, to actually say the access needs to be, you know, needs to be, you know, details of that access need to be submitted, then, well, that, that's up. It's up to members whether they want to put that in to make it much more of a bigger thing. So you can do that. As a seconder of the motion, I would ask Councillor Hicks if he would agree to that, that we have the, the uh, uh, discussions with regard to the exact position of the access. And Chairman, I have no objection to that. Seems a very, very sensible way forward. You could start off by saying, notwithstanding what's because again, what you're basically doing is not approving that form of access. But that's the first issue. Yeah. And so, therefore, you need to consider whether, or notwithstanding the form of the access, the yeah. size and location of the, the means of access. It's it, 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 it submitted and discussed. Yeah. There will only be one actually, not actually yeah. reserving it. No, no, no. It's from somewhere else. Yeah. No, 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 no. In this location. So if members are mindful to do that, then yeah. you're, you're, but I would mention the word notwithstanding because you have to say the Oh, notwithstanding, that's fine. Chairman, I think the words reconsidered would be the access. The point should be reconsidered. Yeah. Notwithstanding, it, what. what Mr. Brown is trying to say is we're not looking at having it over the other side of, of Elsman as an access. We're looking at this location, but actually whether it's there, there, or there is for discussion. Okay? Is, 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 is that all right? Okay. Councilman, you want to... And, and you're assuring us that that will come back to us. Uh, I can ask that that come back to us. I think what would happen is the application, the condition would come in 
Um, I'm not in, yeah, I'm not encouraging members to call in discharge of condition applications, no. but obviously it is a fundamental part of the decision making process here. So, so I think if members were mindful of that, then you know, you've got the right to call that in the normal process. I think what I'm asking for once the, once the discussions have taken place, that all members of the committee are are informed of of. The change, which I hope is something that we can I would, no, I, think, I don't think you can say that. I think what we're going to be saying that the condition will be attached, like any other condition, um, and this condition is fundamental because it's obviously, you know, it's an exercise of time here and importance. So if that condition was submitted, it would need to be considered in the normal light of any other submission at the time. So we, don't, we wouldn't necessarily be telling the committee that it's in, it's down to normal. You know, I would anticipate the parish council would, would be raising that with the member. Okay. All right, as long as we get noted. Okay, um, I think we've got to the stage where we have got an approval on the table subject to two, one extra condition 12 and one extra condition 13 or 14. So, are we all happy about that? You understand what you're voting on? All those in favour, please show. Those against? One, two, three, four, five, six. Right, that has failed. Therefore, I have to have a recommendation with good reasons for refusing. <laughs> Council Matt. I'm hoping that colleagues will assist me with this one. Uh, can we use garden sizes alone? I believe that we used those previously. You can't use garden sizes because they all come up except for. No, no, they all comply. And I must add that what Council Matt considered that they all achieved the minimum. There's 100% compliance with garden sizes on this side, so I actually have anything go raised. Car parking, car parking. What about policies, Gen 1 and Gen 2? We have talked about the uh, Sides of the roads, the parking situation, the um, possible inability of the. Uh, uh, and I remind members that taking on Essex County Council Highways Department is always quite a serious thing to do. Councillor Perry. Well, I can disagree with you there, Chairman, because if you look at uh, what we've just won, Bill, it's completely the same thing. Whether your actual inspector has agreed with Council with his county highway. Still like some reasons for refusal <coughs> now because you have turned down approval. Councillor Mike I think uh, I'll go along with what uh, Councillor Houston just said on Gen 1, Gen 2. And uh, Gen 8.
is a difference between the 150 odd houses and a single dwelling in Sandstead in terms of trying to justify coast. So, then, Sorry. your advice basically is to say that we'd be on Dirty Brown going with Gen 1 and Gen 8, but we can certainly go with Gen 2. Um, I, I want to hear a bit, well, it's your call, you can refuse it for whatever you want to refuse it for, but Gen 2, I haven't heard anything regarding the design issues that's been involved in this discussion at all. So, I mean, that's the only issue. If you're going to refuse it on Gen 2, you're, you're quite entitled to do so, but I would envisage that maybe some, some extra bonus to the refusal in terms of why this doesn't fulfil in terms of design, but that's part of the issue. But sure thought, that's my advice. Right, that's my counsel on that one again. All those that voted against seem to think about what they want to do. I mean, the thing is that, uh, I appreciate that it's sort of outline planning information, but it is outside development limits. And therefore, it's uh, got to be something that uh, has to be there. And uh, we, there are six of us that agree that at the moment, in its present state, it shouldn't be there. So that could put possibly bring in S3. And so I, I certainly think that we can use Gen 2. You cannot. This development has outline planning permission. Therefore, development can go on this site. What you have to come up with if you do not like the drawings that are in front of you is for reasons to refuse this now. Now you have a number of options, but the garden sizes all conform. The highways have approved the, the uh, entrance, but in the last in the last of it for approval, we tried to put a condition on so we could change that. And the car parking meets the standard, correct? Except for the four bedroom houses. Could you just come back on that? I can, see, I can see on the schedule combination, I can see plot seven, which is a four bedroom house, has two parking spaces. And there's, there's a second one. One, two, seven. Right, the, the agents are telling us that the four bedroom, property, uh, um, four bedroom properties have three. So let us carefully go through this list because we don't want to be making mistakes. The top one has four. Uh, these are three, 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 four, and one, two, three. Yeah, if you go through this list here, this is the one. What number, what number are you going for? 65, one, two, seven. 65 only has two written down. Yeah. And 127. Could we check, check that that is not a typo? Yeah. And uh, in the meantime, I'll ask Council Sam to see. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Gen 1 and Gen 2, access and design, but the road falls in both those categories, and they're not happy with it. So, what can it go as part of it? Right. Well, the other thing, apparently, there is a type of right. 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 Council Matlin, there is a type of error with regard to the space of 127. It is 3, and they're just checking another one. They're typos. All right, so the car parking spaces. The question has been asked, 
Uh, Gen 1 and Gen 2 deal with access and design. We're not happy with the access, therefore, can that be <coughs> You can refuse it on access grounds, but you need to be mindful of the fact the County Council have no objections to this proposal. And you are seriously causing, I can say you are exposing us to serious cost applications regarding the fact that you've got an access refusal as a member county council. Sorry, Chairman. Uh, county council have no objection, which doesn't mean to say they think it's a good access. They say that the proposal is acceptable, but they don't say it's a good one. Had it been moved to, to the other side of that house that's been that's newly to be built, then it might be acceptable. That's all that's being asked. Well, I could have He's having his life, his life wrecked, if you like, by the house next to him being torn down. He's a bit worried. So he should be. Yeah. And, and we ought to listen to him and we ought to tell County Council that one little nine metre movement. Could cure the problem. Flats covered provision suggested condition 14 was an issue regarding the movement the, the position <coughs> of the access in that location. Well, that's, that, is, that was part of well, it's not on the table now because it's not part of the proposal. The proposal seconded for the approval included a condition 14, including the precise, precise position of that access, with an indication that we wanted it moved. That you wanted it moved. Right, Council Hatman, I'm getting. I don't know whether this is referred for you to come up later or what, but I um, I think we need to, to move on because we have other other applications on the I think basically we're in a slight we're in a seat because the majority of us voted not to approve this, so therefore we now trying to find reasons to uh, refuse it. I propose it for refusal and being seconded by Councillor Perry. I think that the reasons we can give we be quite confident to support our Gen One and Gen Two. Right on those, we will go to the vote. Gen 1 and Gen 2. All those in favour of refusal, grounds being Gen 1 and Gen 2, please show. Those against? It has been passed. It has been refused um, or with reasons given as Gen 1 and Gen 2. We will now swiftly move on to the next application, which is UTT 143655 Newport. And Mrs. Schuster, you're going to take a seat. within Newport. The application is for the demolition of the current sheltered accommodation and its replacement with a, another sheltered 
accommodation scheme incorporating 41 residential flats, one guest suite, communal accommodation, 13 parking spaces and landscaping. The application site itself covers an area of 0.3 hectares within the development limits of Newport. The existing building consists of 31 residential units within a two-storey block. The surrounding dwellings are a mixture of bungalows and two-storey dwellings. To the west of the application site here are lay recreational grounds and to the rear um, of um, dwellings that are within Gatesacre is a council-owned public carport, uh, car park. There are access roads to the north of the application site and to the south of the application site. The ground levels um, within the area drop from south to north and then in the far distance raise up again. The need behind the redevelopment is due to the existing building only being partly occupied and is in poor state of repair. It has been also deemed unfit uh, in a recent housing review. There is a need for additional accommodation to meet today's standards both in terms of accessibility and lifetime homes. The building will be replaced with a three-storey building with elements of two and single storey. There will be a net gain overall of 10 residential units and an additional five parking spaces. Parking is proposed underneath um, the first floor to the north, which is six parking spaces here, also incorporating disabled parking spaces. Two parking spaces will be retained at the end of the hammerhead and an additional five parking spaces is proposed on the verge opposite the, um, the proposed development. This is a plan of the um, ground floor of the scheme. On the ground floor it's proposed to consist of 11 flats a mobility scooter storage area, which is located here. Bin enclosure stores, which is here and down to the south as well. A reception area, a communal area lounge with kitchenette. Communal gardens, which is within the internal courtyard area, which is retained from existing. And rear gardens to the west as well. Within the scheme on the ground floor, there will also be access to a public care and beauty salon located here. Landscaping of the highway verge is also proposed along the east elevation. The remainder of the flats will be split amongst the first and the second floor. This is the first floor plan. It should be noted that a revised plan has been submitted recently, which has omitted uh, a balcony which was located here, um, which has been replaced with a window here, a Juliet balcony has been omitted and replaced with another window here, and a Juliet balcony has been situated further away from the adjacent property to the northwest corner. This, is, this has been done in order to prevent um, overlooking. There are current windows in position um, on site at the moment, 
which um, are replicated here, so there will be no additional um, harmful overlooking as a result of the proposed development. Windows have also been designed to the northern elevation, um, which will be angled away, with one part of the window, which is being proposed to be um, a solid panel, directing views away from the property, so there will be no direct overlooking. This is the second floor. Um, this shows the level of setback from the first floor. Here are high level windows, again to prevent any overlooking. Um, as you can see, it's quite set back from the first floor and the uh, boundaries to the north. Also, there's a step back on the eastern elevation here, which are proposed to be balconies, and to here, which are set back from the bungalows, bungalows which are located to the south. The proposed scheme has been staggered on all elevations, especially along the northern, eastern and southern elevation in order to reduce bulk and mass. This has also been achieved through sinking the building and having a barrel green roof. These are ele proposed elevations. This will be uh, along the eastern elevation overlooking the two-storey um, dwellings on Gates Acre. Main entrance being located here. To the south, these would be two-storey elements here with these the third storey being set back from the front and a glazed single storey length um, protecting the inner courtyard area. To the west overlooking the recreation grounds, this would be the elevation that you would see. Again, predominantly two storey on this elevation with the third storey set back. And along the northern access road, which, um, is, which faces onto rear gardens, will be predominantly two-storey with the third storey set back um, at quite an angle there. And as you can see here, the post parking which would be um, which would be included within the scheme. These are cross sections of the proposed building to get an idea. The red being what is um, existing at the moment to give you an idea of scale. If you look at this section here, You'll see the existing two-storey dwellings on the eastern elevation and the, and the distances between them reaching um, roughly 25 metres. Um, and the third storey uh, would match, in terms of the ridge, the, the ridge of the roof of the, um, of the two storeys opposite. The height of the building would range from 2.4 metres at single-storey level um, to 10.6 metres at the third storey. The cross section shows the scale of the building um, in relation to opposite. Here is an artistic impression in terms of what the building would look like within the street scene. The principle of the development is considered to be acceptable as it lies within the development limits of Newport. The proposed design, layout, size scale um, of the scheme is also considered acceptable, not having a detrimental impact upon the residential and or visual amenities of the neighbouring residential occupiers, and no unacceptable harm upon the setting of the nearby listed church. 
Based on the nature of the housing, the proposed number of allocated spaces will be adequate to cater for the development in accordance with policy as outlined in section C of the report. There are no highway safety concerns relating to the vehicle movements and no objection has been raised by highways. Whilst the site is located within flood zone A, which has low probability of flooding, the sea has been designed to incorporate sub-elements into this design um, to ensure runoff will be no more than the current rate at present. <coughs> and restricting the flow from the site for the one in a hundred year storm with an extra 30% allowance. Also, a part of the scheme, an underground storage network is proposed to cater for any storm event. This is in accordance with local plan policy. The Environment Agency has raised no objection, whilst Anglia Water has recommended conditions be imposed should planning permission be granted. There are also no ecological objections subject to conditions. The application is therefore recommended for approval subject to conditions. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Now we have quite a few speakers for this one, and I will start with Councillor Parry. Chairman. I think it's important to discuss first that both the Parish Council and I are extremely supportive of the decision to refurbish Reynolds Court and make it fit for purpose. However, the fact that this redevelopment is much sought after does not mean that any design will do or that a contemporary flagship design is appropriate. I'm here today to ask you to consider this proposal very carefully. We do not believe it is the right design for Newport or for the current residents of both Reynolds Court and the surrounding basis acre. The main entrance should be level, for a new state-of-the-art building to be built with long ramps and separate steps to the entrance should not be acceptable. Undertaking the rebuild in two stages will cause distress to residents. I've spoken to one who is expected to move from a one-bedroom flat into a bedsit for the duration. He's concerned about having room for his belongings during the downsize and possibly having to dispose of many of his possessions, and about having to move again at the end of the build. I understand that residents are being offered a sweetener of £6,000, but this does not really help with the physical aspects of moving twice and of living on the building site for up for two years. Car parking is inadequate. If the hair salon incorporated is to be open to the public, it should have its own designated parking. It is not acceptable to pull in the nearby public, public car park to boost parking numbers. That public car park is already in use by local residents. All car parking should be provided on site so that grass verges are not used as parking areas. The design is too contemporary for its location. Basis Acre is a residential area where houses are either brick or rendered in cream. This building resembles a secondary school newly built in Germany and plonked down in the middle of an English village. This is completely at odds with its surroundings. The cedar roof is out of keeping with the rest of the village. Yes, we want Reynolds Court to be renovated, but please, there has to be a better way than this. This building would eventually provide lovely flats for residents, but at such a high cost. Neil Harbury's will be talking about the financial costs shortly, but I'm concerned with the cost to the village and to Reynolds Court residents. The village, and in particular the residents of Lacey's Acre, are not being considered at all in these plans. The modern design is out of keeping, and the upheaval facing elderly residents is enormous. Please, I'm asking all of you to consider very carefully the plans put before you. 
to think whether a flagship scheme is really appropriate to Gates' acre, to consider whether a new design should be so poorly provided for in terms of access to the building and number of parking spaces. Let's have a design that fits in and looks as though it's supposed to be there. Please send this monstrous design back to the drawing board. Let's have a really good one put together that meets the requirements of all residents of Newport, and especially those who live in Reynolds Court and Gacy's Acre. A few more months at the design stage will make so much difference to the way in which the finished building can benefit Newport and Uppersford and be appreciated by everyone over the many years it will be in use. Thank you. to uh, recognise that when you are on site, certainly what has been there before and what is being proposed is much needed. Um, the district council are offering a better place to live and I think you have created a, a better place.
40% provision of affordable housing instead of the event that a careful cannot impose. I need that to be clarified. And uh, there is supposed to be an additional information or supplementary information re regarding ecological implications. I want members to take note in the condition if, if this scheme is granted. There should be a condition regarding mitigation measures to safeguard wildlife. That would be a condition 17. Starting from this particular, this is an outline application chair. It's not a full application. In London, the, the site itself, uh, as you can see, is located, it's a flat, regular shape, approximately four acres. But I'm going to show this slide very soon. In London's terms, the site itself is located outside development limits. Therefore, one of the issues here is whether the principle of being uh, in dwellings, including access and skill, will be considered acceptable in principle. In the committee report, I have demonstrated that given the series of planning history surrounding this site, including those that are already identified outside development limits, Council has already approved schemes to get into some care homes, and the previous scheme that was presented to you a couple of months ago regarding uh, the five car market housing uh, associated with the outline application on the other side of the road. Another test to see whether, in principle, this application will be considered acceptable is to see whether it complies with paragraph 7 of the National Planning Policy in terms of whether it is sustainable. <coughs> Having taken into consideration all the surrounding uh, development that has been secured near this particular site, and considering that the site itself is in close proximity of some local infrastructure, such as schools, or accessibility to transport, and medical facilities. On the whole, it is my view that the scheme, in principle, can be considered acceptable, subject to the evaluation of other matters in the report. As I said, the second issue will be whether, since it's an outline application, whether the issue regarding access and the scale can be considered acceptable. I will first of all deal with the issue regarding scale. If members will remember, the site is in close proximity of already existing permission that has already been granted, comprising of two story and two and a half story high. Also, in Lansdowne, the site is wrapped around both by a nearby school, bungalows, and two story buildings. Therefore, the area can be characterized as part of open countryside comprising of development ranging from bungalows to a half story high. Therefore, the indicative drawing before you is illustrating that this scheme will not be more than two story high. In that context, it is partly compliant with policy GM2. Moving to the third issue, 
whether the scheme itself, in terms of the proposed taxes, is considered acceptable. Are you at that stage? Planning officer relied on the ECC Highway Authority. They have considered the information submitted and balanced. It is considered acceptable, subject to recommended conditions attached to this report. Another issue associated with this outline application is whether the scale of this existing dwelling will add pressure to existing infrastructure. By infrastructure, I mean schools, health facilities, and to mention but few. Having consulted ECC Education Authority, they advised that the scale of this development would add pressure to certain local infrastructures, such as education capacity and school transport. Overall, it is recommended in this report, in order to meet together, the application is recommended for approval subject to the completion of section 106, which includes contribution towards education capacity, school transport, 40% provision of affordable housing. And also, this is very specific here, 40% is being completed through section 106, we are referring to six years. Another issue probably along the line in which I will identify other matters under this, under this outline application is issue raised by other consultees, such as implication to Wagner. The site itself is an existing product. It is felt that in order to secure the opportunity of any, to safeguard any future or any existing wildlife, the conditions that I've already cited at the beginning of my presentation, which will be condition 17, will be attached to this outline approval. Overall, this scheme is recommended for approval. Thank you. Thank you very much. We have some speakers. And the first speaker on this is Councillor Burke. Councillor Burke. Can I just ask a question, Mr Chairman, before we begin on what we often consider as a quick one? The application said it's a misdemeanor in Cambridge, and I can only see 14. Is it the misdemeanor or 14? 15. 15. Thank you. As you're aware, in the absence of a new local plan, the current adopted plan of 2005 remains in effect. This development is outside the limits of that plan, and others will currently have a five-year analysis time, and on this ground alone, this application should be turned down. I'm also concerned that the office has not fully and accurately presented to you the issues related to this application. This recommendation document lists standard reasons for refusal and then ignores them. This report incorrectly says that 40% of all schools were included. The application form has essential information missing, housing numbers not adding up, subtotals not adding up to the final total, crossings out and the general impression of careless and hurried scribbling, which casts doubt on the reliability of the application. The office has said in paragraph 10.11 that 40% of the proposed 15 dwellings will be to schools for affordable housing. However, 5 out of 15 is only 33%, and even this is unclear in the application. The total for social housing is given as 5, but house configuration is only shown as 3 houses. The market house configuration is 
are 15, and there's another total saying it's actually 14. I can only see 14 on there. I'm counting the double. The fact that there's such confusion over the exact number should result in the very least a little deferral for the application to be properly presented at actual income. With the exception of the provision of a flood risk assessment, which was not based on flight investigation, this application is almost identical to the previous one for 14 houses on this site, which was rejected. The key concerns are it's outside the village development envelope and the training field. The officer agrees this in paragraphs 10.1 and 10.2. Confirms it should therefore be protected, but then ignores this in his conclusions. The district has a five-year housing supply, so there should be presumption against building housing estates on Greenfield outside development limits. The officer confirms this, saying, Planning permission will only be given for development that needs to take place there. The recommendation makes no sense to me, and the availability of the five-year supply clearly shows there is none. This is ignored in the conclusions. In paragraph 10.3 and conclusion 11a, it's claimed that all village facilities are easily accessible. This is not true. Access is by a single track lane via a blind end with no footway, for which no remedial action is proposed or could easily be achieved. Four roads, one of which is fast and busy, and in total involves about 500 metres walking on roads with no pavement. A parent with small children would not walk the route, and would be most unlikely to let a primary-aged child go unaccompanied. The agent describes this as an easy level walk. In fact, this route is so dangerous that Essex say that they would be required to provide free school transport for children living in this development to get to schools within the village. After five years, this would become a taxpayer-funded cost. Officers' conclusion that this site meets NPPS sustainability requirements is not supported by the facts, including local observation that nearly all journeys relating to White Ditch Lane are by car. The officer should have drawn to your attention that Essex Education confirmed there are no places at both primary and secondary schools, and that they request that if the application is refused, that UDC quote lack of places as a reason. Essex's statement takes no account that further 107 houses already given permission. There are no confirmed plans to expand either of the village schools. Essex Highways require three six-metre pullings on White Ditch Lane. This does not solve the S-Lane problem, where large vehicles cannot pass any other vehicle. Eleven more houses have already been given permission by UDC, all accessing via White Ditch Lane. The applicant's plan only shows two pullings. Where is the third intended to be? Please refuse this application. Thank you. Thank you. Now the next speaker is Councillor Wood. Thank you very much. Some excellent points by Councillor Craig. Um, and uh, I won't go over them, but I reiterate, if we can go to the uh, page where you have the map where it shows the S-Bend. Um, I have walked that, and I regularly walk it with my dog. This is a very steep lane. Um, it's very narrow. It's very hard to see around the corner. I strongly advise you to uh, uh, reject this planning application 
facility are having families walking up and down the lane. And I stress the lane, it's not a road, it's not a street, it's a lane. It's very narrow, it's very dangerous. Um, with other planning applications going through, we are seeing over 250 odd dwellings, probably uh, more, that will actually make that lane exceptionally difficult and exceptionally dangerous. That S-bend, you cannot see any traffic going around the corner. This is a totally inappropriate uh, development. Um, has no footpath and none allocated to it. I'm uh, astonished that Essex uh, Highways think it's an appropriate uh, lane. Plus, I stress also the fact that affordable housing, this is not 40% affordable housing, we do, I commend the fact that there are some, but it needs to be stressed that we need 40% affordable housing on any development. Um, uh, so it's unsafe, unspecified, and I strongly recommend that we reject it, just on the sheer fact that you will have an accident here and children may die because of that corner. Thank you. My next speaker is Jeff Marshmallow. Jeff Denny, I thought that was. Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, well, Paris Council, we do agree with the points already raised in our district by our district councillors. We would like, in this time allowed, to express again our concern about the road called White Ditch Lane and to some extent, Lane. We asked the planning committee to come and look at the infrastructure of the village, especially in this particular area where we are considering, uh, where we're considering putting all these, so many, as Councillor Rose says, houses. When you came to Newport on Monday, you went up quite the same to the old nursery site in a coach. We hope that you noticed the narrowness of this lane. Now, there was a tanker that was about to follow you up that lane. I did warn him that you were up there in a minibus. And if you've been coming down and he was coming up, there is no way that the lorry would be prepared to back down and round that bad double bend at the entrance of the lane. I haven't asked you to come and discuss with the Town Council infrastructure in the village and especially this area. We then asked Sir Alan Azelhurst to come and have a look. He did and was appalled at the fact that Whitefish Lane was so narrow, it's only four metres wide. Though it says in there you've got a five metre wide road within the site, then comes out onto a four metre road with no pavement, no path on either side. He was appalled at the fact that Whitefish Lane was so narrow and had a bad double bend at the start. He also was appalled at that the school lane had no pavement for walking children to the primary school, while he said he could not influence the decision made by the district council or the government policy, he would write to the planning department. He did so, and Mr Taylor's reply was basically that if Essex County Council said it was suitable, it was not the planning department's responsibility to say otherwise. This attitude, Madam Chairman, is the same attitude we get all the time regarding infrastructure and sewage problems when we're all bringing up them to this table. If you remember, it was Essex County Council that said the road infrastructure in Elgin was suitable, but the inspector of the plan said it, it rejected that plan. When people make decisions from office in Chelsea using the excuse that there's no money for improvements, and uh, put it on local business like ours, such an advocacy, we feel, is the duty of the Ulsterfield Planning Committee to take them the responsibility to say that this place is unsuitable in their view, regardless of what Essex Stamp Council deem to be suitable. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. And 
deficit report and improve the scheme. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, before we go to the other members, there, I wish to ask Mr. Brown to clarify a few points that have been raised. I think Possibly E and D 
Thank you, Jim. Um, 
only one thing that was seems to advise they got from that quarter since it's the uh, uh, Essex Council responsibility that um, they, uh, they seem to be questioning. I don't know, and I don't think it's the right thing to actually fill up any conversation whether they have or not. Um, I presume that they would have done. Um, normally, parishes look to the county when they want highways um, and bikes. Um, I hope that they did that. The other parishes did. Councillor Thank you, Madam I'm having difficulty in understanding the tail end of page 76. On page 77, the, uh, Mr. R. Right? Uh, there might be some type of layers, I don't know, but um, I'm sorry, I, I just don't understand. Could I be helped? The environmental role is considered as a development that would contribute in enhancing the immediate built environment object. I get that bit. But from then on, and provide housing scheme future occupiers would rely on local infrastructure by making the proposed scheme more environmentally can, can you explain this? Thank you, Councillor. What I intended putting there before you is to say that according to paragraph 7 of National Road Planning Policy, the environmental role of this scheme will um, enhance the immediate built environment, which is existing part of the surrounding, and it, it will provide an opportunity to attract uh, the use of, uh, I mean, the provision of the local infrastructure that, that will be funded. The, 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 immediate, the, immediate, the immediate environment, as a, I mean, the environment at the moment is uh, the park. Now, this scheme will provide an opportunity to enhance it, provide housing, provide funding for local infrastructure which will be of benefit to future occupiers. Okay, thank you, yes. <coughs> I think I understand. What you're saying is that that estate, that development, will enhance the planet. No, no, it will enhance the built environment. At the moment, um, there are three factors here. The social one, the provision of affordable housing, the economic factors will provide a temporary job or a construction stage, and the environment it will enable to enhance the environment by when we deal with the reservoir, for example, build houses there, and those houses will enable to attract the funding of those local infrastructure, such as the funding identifying such a manner. Right. Thank you, yes, I understand. I don't necessarily agree with the last part, but I understand it. Yeah, yes, my only worry is this is the width of the, the lane going up there. But yesterday, yes, the petrol tank as it follows the bus and my car up there. But I actually had to pull into somebody's drive, right into their drive, to avoid a nasty situation. So you will need, I think, more than three lay bars there because there was no provision in the area I was for a lay by, so um, it is something that it needs to be looked at.
put in an exit MGTP um, in order to ease traffic. Um, we have one here, um, and we put the, the, the second one here. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
say this site was seen by members on Monday when we had a look around the site itself and the plan and also around into Church View at the back of the development to get a, a site context. This outline application relates to the erection of three dwellings with associated damage in the new access provision involving the demolition of the existing chalet dwelling on the site. As you can see, the site currently faces Whittington Hall and is flanked by a two-storey dwelling on its northern side, Hall House, and a similar size chalet dwelling to the Church Mead dwelling on the site on its southern side. The proposed function dwellings for plots one and two onto Church Lane would have an indicative two-storey traditional form as a revised scaling from the original submission and we have a ridge height of 7.6 metres with double piled roofs as you can see here. The damaging for both will be in the form of carports. The dwelling for plot three within the rear garden of Church Mead and access from Church View is shown at one and a half storey height also of traditional form and would have a ridge height of between 6.6 and 6.9 metres. Damaging for this dwelling would also be in the form of a carport. But one would have a private amenity area of uh, exceeding 240 square metres. Plot 2 would have a garden area exceeding 160 square metres. And Plot 3 to the rear would have an area exceeding 190 square metres. The government would have a density of 15 dwellings per hectare. Access scan allowed are matters that will be considered with the other application. Just run through the photographs which uh, obviously members will be familiar with in terms of that's the bungalow, shallow bungalow to go, that's your house. This is the approach into Church View where that trial is where the uh, access would go through into Plot 3 to the rear and as we go around we would call uh, this development church view obviously with uh, slightly more urban forms. The proposal is considered acceptable as an identified small informal backland residential scheme within development limits for this village where the present dwelling on the site early, and that is uh, two spaces per carport each plus one half standing space each will be partly compliant for the three dwellings. In terms of scale, in mind, the dwellings for plots one and two will be approximately only a foot or 0.3 of a metre higher than the bridge height of the existing dwellings to be uh, demolished. Where the scale of these two dwellings, let's uh, see the top left and bottom left, would uh, have been reduced at officer request from two and a half storeys to two storey levels. While dwelling for plot three at uh, Shelley level would have an east height of 3.5 metres, meaning that only the roof line of this dwelling approximately would be visible above the existing 3.4 uh, metre high existing hedge screen, which members saw uh, when I pointed this out to them on their site visit along the church view approach frontage. External treatment of the dwellings and landscaping would be subject to dirt at the stage. In terms of layout, the dwellings would sit comfortably on the site, where the dwellings of box 22 would maintain a crunched line along the lane, whilst the dwellings of box 3 would sit behind the flank down the edge, as you can see. 
in these kind of swings and the background swing of the top three, which would also be acceptable in terms of its design standards. So therefore, given these considerations, Chairman, the Office of Report recommends approval for this proposal.
And I know the applicant's case states that the matting is in keeping with the surrounding residential developments. As uh, so far as I can see, the only residential development in the area that it's remote contact to is that in Church U. If you ignore the case about whether or not that should have been approved in the first place, uh, Church U, you will see, is uh, not in the same uh, sort of location as Church uh, Green. Uh, Church Green is right on the edge of uh, the rural boundary of the village. Um, it's adjacent to the conservation area, and anything like uh, the properties which belong into Church U would be totally inappropriate. So I would contend this is a significant detrimental and overbearing impact on the capture of the lane. My second observation relates to residential immunity. A factor that, as far as I can see, hasn't been considered is access off Church Lane into Pot 1 and 2 for larger vehicles. And this is a very narrow single track lane, and it's experience would say that anything larger than a car is unable to turn onto those properties off the lane. That causes a real issue for local residents further up the lane. So whether it's an oil tanker delivery, whether it's a supermarket delivery, or more recently uh, an ambulance attending the, the previous elderly residents at that site, they block the lane every time and that will cause issues for all the residents further up the lane. Michael Chairman, you make your observations and being generally against this proposal, uh, your report, I'm not in the voice. There were many local objections uh, to the application, and no one is against developing the site at this stage. It is the scale and impact of what is proposed that is objected to. Please take it down. Thank you very much. Now we have the parish council list. On behalf of Williamson Parish Council and the village of Williamson, I thank the committee for the site visit and the proposed really effective house development church meeting. We hope it gave you a better understanding physical and visual already put to you. For our opposition to this development is in its present form, as the outline and planning is at the moment. I'm not proposing to restate those reasons, but I would like to remind you of a simple fact. If this free effective house development is allowed alongside the adjacent newly built four effective houses at Church View, it will mean two lowly bungalows rural gardens are being replaced by seven tall effective houses with minimal gardens. I would say this is too many and too high for the centre of a small rural village. This developer should be asked to think again about the number of houses and the height of houses. Thank you. Thank you very much.
Uh, 
one way you should avoid grace is the highness of the land Not yet, because this is an outline stage application, so any step evidence can be preserved at this stage. So that is something that the committee can remind you to get. If you are minded for this, when it comes back to the you can look at some level agreements, because that will ensure that the, uh, where the houses go on the same higher ground, then you can, you can actually deal with that at the approved stage as well. All right, if anybody else wishes to speak on this, it is proposed. Could be accommodated at this site. 
whereby the dwelling for prop one at the front is shown and prop two positioned to the rear, accessed by a long side access drive. It is stated that each dwelling will be one and a half stories in height and will be of traditional design and appearance. Inventive landscaping details showing how the development could be assimilated into the site have also been provided. Now, the issues to be considered for this resubmission proposal are the same as with the previous application considered by officers, namely the principal chain of use from a builder's yard to residential at this rural site location, taking into account the existing commercial use and planning history of the site, sustainability aims and objectives, countryside protection, housing mix, access, scale, and nature conservation. The site comprises previously developed land of a commercial nature. Now, I'll just show you the photographs because members uh, won't be aware. This is the village yard accessed from the top of the lane, over the lane, and just general build storage, pallets, uh, bricks, etc., uh, builder's waste, so forth, plants and machinery. That's looking towards the back of the site. And a large con concrete apron. There are, there are um, vegetated boundaries. This is uh, looking at the back again. This is immediately beyond the site, which is called Overall, which happens to be the address of the applicant. Uh, this is a footpath we're looking at, goes from the end of Overall Lane um, across to the adjacent village. And this is the top of the lane which leads back down into Seven's Den um, at the bottom. So it's a brownfield uh, site, commercial in nature, which, according to the council, strongly appears to become established by the passage of time, and which is considered at present to be causing material harm to both the rural and residential amenities of the immediate area by reason of its general appearance noise and disturbance and traffic movements associated with activities at the site where the introduction of residential development in its place would, in the opinion of officers, bring about significant environmental improvements and benefits to both the site and to its immediate surroundings. Stemson End is on a good bus route into Ashton and Sutton Walden from Avonhill and therefore public transport would be available to the occupants of the dwellings if they chose to do this. Cambridge Highways have not objected to the proposal on highway grounds, although the college placed the following objection subject to further information being received to show that the proposal will not have a harmful impact on the species. The applicant has since arranged for a detailed biodiversity assessment to be carried out of the site, where the resulting court findings states that signs and evidence of protected or rare species were not observed and where it was noted that there was a low risk of presence and potential for impact to bats, reptiles and amphibians. As such, it recommends that no further quality surveys and mitigation items are necessary subject to appropriate conditions. The board has since been examined by the Council of Ecology to have now removed their objection to the proposal. The scale of the proposed dwellings as indicated will be acceptable within the site's unusual surroundings, whilst the individual design of them also appears appropriate. Therefore, Chairman, as per the report, it is the opinion of your officers that the Planning Commission ought to be granted this change in this proposal to remove the non-conforming builder's yard 
which is no longer subject to the payment of corporate housing contributions as with the previous application, probably going to be changed at the end of last year. Today, as your report um, makes clear, the use is established, unequivocal. The local member also questions the sustainable location of the site and its proximity to local services, but these concerns loom as much towards the existing use as the proposed use. As the report acknowledges, the proposed use is clearly kinder to local road users, local ecology and neighbours' amenity. The proposed scheme is straightforward and would have been approved at officer level if not called in. The neighbours' concerns don't echo those of the local member. Tellingly, aside from this very late objection today, which I don't think is reasonable, there are only two formal objectors to this scheme, and I ask members to hang on to that fact. The fact is there are only two objectors, and both seem to object to the presence of the builder's yard and activity, and not the creation of the houses in lieu of this activity. In a lane with many dwellings, it is reasonable, therefore, to deduce the vast majority of neighbours actually support this scheme. So, Madam Chairman, there is a choice here. The existing use, which you've seen, which the locals clearly don't like, it's been growing. The local member confirms this. The neighbours confirm this. I can confirm this. Ford Wells construction, as we all know in this town, is growing. And it can continue to grow, unfettered by planning control. Spoil heaps can grow. Heavy traffic can grow. And nothing can be done about it. It is not controlled by planning conditions. Or... 
or you have the power to give the locals what they prefer, and that is to grant planning permission for two houses, houses commensurate in scale and design with the neighbours, and allow the lane to return to a pleasant country lane to everyone's benefit. The land would then have full planning control conditions attached to it for everyone's assurance. Madam Chair, I ask you to support the officer's report. Thank you. Thank you. I believe Mr Brown wanted to say something. Yeah, I just want to clarify one issue, and it, this is going to be boring, but I'm, I make no apologies for that. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the history of this particular site, and the fact we refused a certificate of lawfulness in 2003-2004, there was, there was there was a number of certificate of lawfulness. The fact we refused it does not say that it hadn't been there at 10 years of that particular time. When we're dealing with a certificate of lawfulness, and it happens today, Simply by refusing a certificate of lawfulness does not mean to say the, 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 the use is actually not time barred because it's the, the dealing with a certificate of lawfulness issue is literally an officer dealing with what evidence they've got in front of them. And if that evidence, you know, you could have a certificate of lawfulness that's trying to prove an absolute obvious thing, but if the certificate of lawfulness and the evidence presented doesn't prove that, we can't issue a certificate. Now, once we refuse a certificate, and that needs, that's done on the balance of probability, we then need to consider whether or not enforcement action needs to take place. And then we have a judgment in terms of time barred is one of those judgments that is, that is a defence on an appeal and enforcement. Now, we're talking about 2003-04 here, and therefore when we took that, and that particular judgment is not on the balance of probability, it is beyond reasonable doubt. It's a criminal test. So therefore the test, you could have the scenario, where, you, and it happens quite often, where you refuse a certificate of lawfulness and you don't go on and take enforcement action. So, and it's not the passage of time since 2003-2004 to today which has made it exempt from enforcement action. That passed in 2003-2004. So there's a lot of talk about inaction by the council's enforcement team. There has been no action for the enforcement team because there was no enforcement action to take. The council will not be taking enforcement action regarding this builder's yard because it's been there for 10, 20, 30 years. And I think members need to be quite clear on that. Members need to make, need to make a judgment in terms of the Brownfield site and whether it's an appropriate site for residential development. And you, you know, you could have that discussion and have that consideration. But I think members need to be mindful that the site is not illegal. It is time barred from enforcement action and it's exempt from enforcement action. And that's through no um, lack of action by, by the local planning authority or by anything underhanded by the agent or by the applicant. So therefore, members just need to be, keep it quite clear in what you're dealing with today. Councillor Salmon. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I'd like to ask if we can defer the decision on this. Do we have had a site visit, please? Yeah. Just to get in my own mind the, site of the, the state of the site and whether it's what we require. I don't think that's a planning reason. I do need a planning reason for a site visit. You, you really, members, I'm, I, I don't like to be school mermish, but if you are going to do refusals or, or, or cyberness, you must come prepared, you, not prepared, but you must have in your mind all the reasons why, and they are written in the report as to why or, or not you could go for these. Yes, I would sustain sustainability. I have a 
have a seconder for sustainability. Right, if you're going to defer for that, that's it. We have to go to the vote straight away without any more, um, any more um, discussion. All those in favour of a site visit, please show. Those against, please show. Right, the, the site visit has failed. Um, the next person to speak is Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. I notice that um, despite... Ah, oh, I'll just... I think I've answered my own question. Um, I, I don't know how I overlooked it, but contamination was my issue. There's no uh, condition to warrant a investigation into contamination. Yes, I uh, discussed this with uh, Nigel Brown uh, just before lunch, in fact, when I was doing the, uh, the notes for it. Um, yes, I mean, because it is a builder's yard of long-standing, uh, there's likely to be some degree of oil spillage or um, contaminants on the site associated with that use, you know, bundings and uh, tanks and so forth. So whilst we could, if we approve this scheme, uh, we could put them on a reserve matters application, um, I think it's appropriate uh, if we do approve to put the four model uh, contamination remediation uh, conditions at this outline stage. Do you wish to come back? Sorry, Chairman. Did you wish to come back? Yes, please. On that basis, I'm quite happy to propose we accept the officer's recommendation. Do I have a seconder for that? Councillor Easton, which do you, I'm sure you wish to say something. I do. <laughs> Sorry, Chairman, you're mistaken this time. <laughs> right. Uh, can I just ask a question, please? Um, this is a site, Brownfield site, to get rid of the builder's yard, do we need anything in the conditions to say that the builder's yard will cease once the development of the site um, um, uh, starts? We've done that in the, in the past. I just want to know whether we need to or not. We, I think we can, but I, the big question is whether it's necessary, bearing in mind you're yeah. going to be having houses on there. So, But, I mean, there's no harm in putting that condition on there that the use can cease. Yeah, I think... Chairman, I don't think you're going to get two executive houses except a builder's yard on their doorstep, are you? No, I was referring to once the building starts. You've got oh, right. a building there. You've got your, your, your building going on. What I'm saying is, is the builder's yard... It's that, a site. You know, it becomes it, a site then, doesn't it? Yeah, it becomes a huge site down a narrow lane. That's the reason I'm asking. In other words, are you going to cease one so you can build the others? I would seriously suggest you don't do that okay. because... Um, there will be less traffic on this building site than there will be on any other building site in the district because you're actually building houses next to a builder's yard. Okay. So therefore there will be... All right. So I don't think, you know, so I would, I would seriously suggest you don't. That's all right, but the question has to be asked. Okay, there is one thing that it was suggested we put on a condition at this stage about contamination. Um, are the proposer and seconder prepared to put that in? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. can do it now. Yep. Condition five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I don't Chairman, think it is there, actually, but it's... it's uh, uh, yes. Um, on the ecology, when mm -hmm. we had the uh, comments back from uh, the ecology consultant on behalf of the applicant, uh, uh, he recommended about four or five um, 
conditions on ecology regarding removing of um, waste. It might be hypernacular for um, you know, potential. So uh, they're recommending conditions on that as well. Uh, trying to ask, Chairman, um, are we assured that the um, proposal involves the whole of the builder's site and that once the two houses are in place, no further um, building uh, trade operations will take place from that site? Yes, uh, it's an important point because at the moment we've got the, uh, the builder's yard, which is the, the site edged in red, on the location plan uh, and as you can see the, the block plan for the development site is replicated in terms of site area so uh, it, it should be on exactly the same um, site footprint as the builders yard at the moment. Uh, the, there is some suggestion that the, the, the developer who lives at the uh, top of the lane um, has land which could be utilised for that purpose as a sort of a, a hop over if you wish and obviously that hasn't occurred but obviously if there was any possibility then no doubt they'd be brought to our attention straight away. I see, I see where you're coming from now Jim. I think we don't need to worry about the construction issues because I think no development should take place until the builders yard. That would be sort of counterintuitive in terms of what we're trying to do but we could do something about by, by the time of the, I don't know, we need to do whether or not the first occupation or the, the first occupation that the, um, the, the, the builder's yard ceases its use. I think that's probably the best way of doing it. On the assumption they're building two houses, one next to each other, and, and you know, by, by the first occupation, the first dwelling, the builder's yard needs to cease because at that point the building works by definition would have finished. So I think additional condition on that, just to, it may not be necessary, but it's a bit of belt and braces, which is no harm. Sometimes belt and braces is very yeah, useful. Okay. Are we happy to put that on, Councillor Ranger and Councillor Easton? Okay, it has been proposed and seconded for approval with the extra two conditions with regard to ecology in the builder's yard. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Those against? One, two. Any abstentions? One abstention. It has been passed. Right, the next one is UTT 143791 Little Bardfield. You also had a site visit on this. Thank you, Chairman. Um, one piece of housekeeping uh, that we've received since the last report is a further letter of objection. It does raise the same issues as previously raised by objectors. Um, so I, I won't reread it because it's re-raising re the same issues in, in terms of objections. It's actually 
lining up with the officer's objection on that particular issue, but I won't reissue it. There has been a site visit regarding this application, so I do intend to be brief. Um, members visited the site on Monday regarding this application. Um, members actually went onto the site and saw the relationship between the property and in terms of the design and its potential relationship, specifically with the Guyvers uh, house adjacent to it. Um, the, the, the officers have no objections regarding the design of the house. The house is wholly appropriate in that location. Um, there's no issues in terms of its design. There's no issues in terms of its relationship with adjoining occupiers. And so, therefore, there, is, there are no issues in terms of the design of the property. The issue is all about the principle of the development on this particular site. Um, uh, the Little Barfield has a site of restricted uh, services. It is not considered a sustainable location uh, and therefore it is considered inappropriate development in, in what is in effect an unsustainable location. It is also considered in terms of the specifics of Little Barfield, what members will members to say today, it's a very loose-knit village and in terms of filling in those gaps between those, in terms of that, within that village, it could have a detrimental impact on the general setting of the village. So that's on that basis, uh, officers are recommending refusal, Chairman. Thank you. We have a couple of speakers. First of all, an objector, Michael Edridge. Good afternoon, Madam Chairman and members of the committee. In previously addressing this committee, I felt that it was my moral duty to correct many of the inaccuracies that had been submitted in support of this application. Hence, that is why I wrote to Little Barfield Parish Council in August 2014 on behalf of a number of residents concerned with this application as they wanted to express their concerns and fears to the Council and to address their points to a public forum. In reply, the Chairman, Mr John Judson, wrote, quote, I'm afraid the Council has no wish at the busiest time of the year for at least two councillors, i.e. Harvest, to arrange a meeting to listen to objections when there is a formal way of expressing them. Any comments or objections must be in writing to the UDC, end quote. In a previous application in 1999, the Parish Council cited three objections for refusal. One, the development is out of keeping with the neighbouring cottages. Two, the development would be dominant for the area. And three, the Council query whether the slab level is in scale. Items one and two remain no different today. Members of the committee, you have now visited the site once the garden of three chimneys, a Grade two listed building. Indeed, was one of the, it was one of the home for Mr and Mrs Jones until they sold three chimneys in the late 1990s, minus 55 metres of garden, which is the very site of this planning application refers to. There have been a number of planning applications put forward for this site since 1972, and appeals followed, including the Secretary of State and all, have been refused because planning regulations have stood the test of time. Fundamentally to present new build, those planning regulations that are in place today. The application site is situated within a location where now development would begin to consolidate the existing loose grouping on the south side of the road, would have an adverse effect on the character and appearance of the village and on the setting of the adjacent listed building. 
The application of the site is fundamentally unsustainable by virtue of the land locations related inaccessibility to local services. Madam Chairman, if this plan application is passed, the fundamental, fundamental regulation that has kept property developers seeking land to build on will be eroded beyond repair and the village of Little Barfield will be in danger of becoming a two-sided street in the future. Please refuse this application. Thank you, Madam Chairman and members of the Council. Thank you. And we have the agent who wishes to speak, Mr Ray Jones. Thank you. Uh, Madam Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, when I spoke to you before, I explained the reasons why we wish to build a home in Little Bardfield. I now wish to respond to Nigel and his team's objections, which relate purely to the site. Firstly, he says it would begin to consolidate a loose grouping. I don't quite know what that means. To my mind, it is part of a row of houses which has a gap in it. There was a similar but larger gap on the other side of the road which was infilled by two large properties even though it was outside the former development limits. It forms part of the open countryside. Those who have viewed the site know that this is not the case with houses on either side and in front. It is no closer to three chimneys than the site approved at Fridays at the other end of the village is to the listed almshouses, and it's separated by a three-metre drive and a fence. The site is unsustainable. The planner's rule of thumb is that the distance from services should not exceed 1.3 kilometres. Our site is 1.7, and in a recent decision, the inspectorate said that the 1.3 kilometres should only be a guide, and that whether it is 1.3 or 1.7 is unlikely to have any impact on the reliance on public transport. It is a pity that Chairman John Judson is not able to be here today since I know that he and his fellow parish councillors are fully supportive. I'm sure that they would be shocked to discover that the village is not listed as a defined settlement, particularly after they spent a considerable sum on renewing the bus shelter for those using the bus, the community buses or the school bus. Few people live in the countryside these days without their own transport facilities. Even those without, for example the ladies in the almshouses, can get to market or the shops with the community buses and deliveries are made to the village by the Coop stores, Ocado and Tesco. There are seven bus routes from Great Bardford and six from Thaxted and there's a nearby taxi. These days people do not walk as necessity but pleasure. There are 13 numbered footpaths in the village and the walk to Great Bardfield is up the Coffin Way opposite the church then a long black lane past Paul's Farm and into the village. It takes about 20 minutes. It was used by the Bardfield artists when they came out to the heights to sketch and bathe. In regard to facilities, it is a very active community with a good cricket club serving both villages and with a very strong youth section in addition to the church and it's virtually a satellite to Great Bardfield. I hope this addresses the points that have been raised and that you will be able to grant consent for this small application. Thank you.
Thank you. Right, uh, Councillor Mackman. Thank you. There uh, seems to be some slight confusion as to the um, site itself because uh, one of the speakers said that it was part of the original garden of a previous property that was sold. And we're being told here it's outside development limits, which strikes me as curious. But uh, having visited the site, I mean, I can only speak for myself, not for the other councillors. So I, I was quite sympathetic towards this application and I'd like to propose that we approve it. Right, do I have a second for that? Councillor Perry, do you wish to speak? Can I? Yes, please, Madam Chair, I would. Um, I think what have we got to look at? I know everything is on its merits, and I know you'll tell me that, but officers quite clearly and very much lately tell us that a precedent has been created. And on the other side of the road, we have such a precedent where there has been infilling taking place on a large scale, therefore making that side of the road completely houses all the way down. This is a gap on the other side of the road and the local plan, which is the current local plan, clearly states that if there are opportunities for sensitive infilling of small gaps in small groups of houses outside development limits but close to the settlement, these will be acceptable if the development would be in character with the surroundings and have limited impact on the countryside in, in the context of the existing development. The officers themselves admit there is nothing wrong with the design of the building and therefore I see no reason to refuse it. Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Yes, uh, I went to the site visit yes, um, on Monday and I had to remind myself we were there um, with a refusal as a recommendation. Um, and uh, I agree with the proposer and the seconder that this, this seems quite a sympathetic proposal um, and I'm happy to support it. Chairman, can I just suggest, I'm not going to argue this, <laughs> I just <laughs> want to suggest conditions. Yes, yes, I, I just want to say one thing that Councillor Perry said. Okay, it's, it's probably been me being pedantic here, but don't approve it because it's, it's a precedent has been set. Your, your issue is what's been approved opposite has, has, has altered the character and the characters. So that's okay. And while I've got the floor, just suggested conditions, um, nothing onerous. Time, the, obviously the standard time limit condition. Highways have suggested conditions. Um, they were conditions regarding, um, it's, it's about the, the width of the access. Um, as well as the visibility display requirements, as well as an issue. Sorry? The standard stuff, yeah, and also issues regarding gates and stuff like that. This is all standard stuff. I suggest a condition on materials, um, I suggest a condition on landscaping. Yeah, but I think in this particular case, because of the relationship with the neighbour, I would, I would suggest a sub level issue because there, there are different levels on the particular site. Other than that, I think that's pretty standard stuff. Yes, and construction traffic. Because if you want construction management, we can have that. <laughs> I, just, I will never put it forward, but I will always be happy to put it on if you want it. Uh, <laughs> like we have said, there are always exceptions to precedence, and therefore I think you are saying that now. Councillor Eden. Um, yes, I, uh, I would go with the flow on this. I think looking at the picture as we are, I see a 30 limit. It, it does remind me to say that uh, one of the downsides of this fashion to put 30 mile an hour limits everywhere is you create urban areas. Uh, it isn't the countryside. It's actually becoming 
suburban, uh, and that's the nature of Uttlesford. Uh, and those who, who uh, are so keen to put 30 mile an hour limits everywhere need to remind themselves that's the effect it has. Uh, and, and clearly, looking at that, it's a, it's a suburban scene, and I see no problem putting a house there. Can I ask whether the, the, the majority of the hedge will be maintained? Um, one, you know, we've given planning permissions recently, and suddenly, three days later, all hedges are gone. Um, it is very much um, the house behind that hedge, where possible to to maintain it, will soften the um, the impact on the street scene. Just to clarify, so we're talking this side. Yeah. I think if you look at the other photo it's easier yeah that one it's this hedge here isn't it the just to clarify the access to the to the site would be um, a width for six will be not less than three metres shall be retained at a width for six metres so it's a three metre gap before we start in the hedge and also in terms of visibility splays we're talking it is a normal stuff but it's uh, two metre yeah so the, the majority hedge could be retained it's just a, it's a three metre gap with, with the necessary visibility stays either side do we have to put that as part of the landscape condition or, or because I'm getting very cynical as I I've seen what happened on the 1256. <laughs> I can't buy the hedge any longer. Um, I think, yeah, but the visit that what basically highways are requiring. Yeah. We've had sites where there's where there's hedges. I've I've stood on sites and said, I'm sorry, the hedge has to go. Yeah. The hedge doesn't have to go for the access requirements. It will be broken through, and there will be a, a yeah. gap in that hedge. But the landscaping condition will require the you know yeah. all details of the hedge. But okay, so that's only on the basis of them actually implementing the permission. As of today, I can't see how anyone, how an individual building an individual dwelling would want to take away one of the assets of the whole site, which is the hedge. It's a different scenario to a developer who would want, to, uh, an individual would want to retain as much on the site as possible. But all we can say is, once they start work, they, before they start work, they need to give us details of what needs to be retained and what needs to be done on site. I think it's more about retention of stuff. Yeah. I don't think they need to do very much because they've got quite a good landscaping scheme there already. So, yeah. But the applicant's here, so therefore I think he's, he's picked that up and I cannot see any reason why they would rip a hedge out uh, apart from the highway requirements. Yeah, well, I, I, as I say, I'm getting cynical in my old age and I do, if we can save the hedge, it will be good. Yeah. So I hear what you'll say. Okay, is there anybody else wish to talk on this one? Yes, Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, Councillor Perry brought up the question of uh, houses in filling, but there's also, and I can't, try, I can't find it at the moment, there's also a policy which was adopted in 2005 uh, talking about objection to land garden grabbing, using gardens to, cre to uh, ruin a, 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 a country scene if you like. There was a blink and you miss it change some years back whereby the old, talking old money here, PPS3 had a garden grabbing policy in there which basically knocked off issues in terms of building in gardens, backland issues. It was only with us for a very short period of time and it went out when the MPPF came in. But no, that's no longer there now. Okay. Right, uh, Councillor Davy. I might suggest that uh, the, um, the developer or the owner 
considers putting a, a car turntable in, which would mean less disruption with the hedge line and, uh, and uh, ease of getting the car in and out? I think you still have to have the displays, whether you have a car turntable or not. They're, they are, they're great ideas, but, but it is, it is. It cuts down the amount of concrete you have. Right, it has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. We can have a unanimous for once. <laughs> Fine. I am going to suggest a five-minute recess. Gentlemen, I'm afraid that we need a comfort break. Madam Chair, can I declare an interest on the next item as I know the agent? Okay. Fine. You may. If you yes. Non-procuring.
Switch you off. Yeah. Right, the planning committee will resume again, and the next one is UTT 143788, Wendon Zambo, and Mr. Fairboard, you're going to take us through this. Thank you, Chair. Yes, I'll try and be uh, brief on this and try and keep it simple. Um, it's got a bit of explanation in terms of its background, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try my best certainly uh, in the uh, uh, description of this. Uh, this application proposal follows on from uh, what's called a Class J B1 to C3 residential conversion from business use under the um, relaxed uh, rules introduced by the government uh, last year so that the, there is a conversion facility from B1 business use to uh, class C3 residential and that can be uh, in the singular or plural. Now this site has been subject in the past as I've set out in the report to two previous class J determination applications to the local authority for the conversion of the mill uh, to apartments now uh, variously um, 16 and 17 apartments uh, th this actually is now um, an extension proposal uh, with an additional uh, unit as unit 17 to go into the second floor and it's on this basis that the application has been submitted so it's uh, revisions to the roof line of the building to create this additional residential unit uh, extensions to the southern elevation and I'll show where they are uh, a lift shaft additional windows in the form of uh, dormer windows to the roof and a, a glazed atrium essentially uh, on the front this is the site. You've got Bear Walden Business Park down here where there are still existing uh, commercial units and uh, the mill is uh, the building which is, this is the proposed drawings but this gives a dis uh, uh, an idea of what uh, it looks like. Um, I'll go to the photos first of all. Uh, this, these photos were taken just a couple of days ago okay, and you can see uh, that it's of uh, three stories plus a lower ground level 
uh, with an L return to the back and the railway line is on this side this is a through entrance uh, this is the wing upon which the, the four-storey extension would go and it would be the lower ground which is here as the, the store and then you've got unit 5, unit 10 and unit 15 which would be extensions to the existing units for uh, those which currently are one bedroomed and so they will become two bedroomed each for units 5, 10 and 15 and they will be consistent with the remainder of the, uh, the units across the range for the mill because then it would all be two bedroomed units. So it's important to assess this against the class J and we're only talking about one additional unit here plus the extensions. And if I show you, uh, this is going to be the uh, full height glazed in atrium uh, entrance. The uh, ground first and second floor extension is on this flank which is here uh, with the lower ground store below it so it's all of that and then you've got uh, the additional unit 17 which will go in here together with this series of dormer windows to facilitate uh, the uh, light into unit 16 which is here and unit 17 which is there to make up the 17 units in total for this conversion scheme uh, and that's uh, showing the block up on the, the side the flank if you like uh, to the top and this is where unit 17 on the uh, I'm not sure if it's the original or the, uh, the newer part of the mill would go so that's the context of it. Uh, in terms of the assessment, I'll go straight to the conclusion, I think, and allow for discussion. The principle of the residential conversion of the mill building has already been established under Class J prior notification process, i.e. Planning, planning permission or prior approval not required where the current proposal before you today relates only to one additional residential unit for the site, unit 17 on the second floor as shown, together with the extension on here. Vehicle access to the site is well established with a direct pedestrian link across to the railway station, whilst the internal lift uh, to be provided also as part of this scheme for the development would conform with the current council policy relating to access and mobility where previously that would not have been provided so it gives an enhanced uh, access uh, facility into this mill which otherwise would not exist. The design and appearance of the additions and alterations as shown would be acceptable. They would be commensurate with the, uh, uh, the style of this, uh, the mill building and of uh, sympathetic materials where it's been done to a high uh, build specification. Uh, resident parking at the site would be close to or would meet current parking standards and uh, I'll come on to that uh, if any questions are asked. It would be unreasonable to impose a noise condition against measured background railway noise for the additional residential unit and also for the extensions to units 5, 10 and 15 uh, for the reasons stated in the report and that is because because 16 of the 17 units to be uh, subject on this conversion are under this permitted user change procedure 
there is not the facility within that uh, mechanism to assess noise um, as a reason for um, possible uh, refusal of prior approval. It is only on uh, transport and communications, um, uh, flood risk and uh, um, contamination. So they're, they're the issues and for that, for that reason, Chairman, uh, the application is being recommended for approval. Thank you. We have two speakers. First of all, the Parish Council, Isabel Grant. Chairman, may, yes. I, uh, may I interrupt just for a moment? Um, I'm distinctly uh, of the impression that my granddaughter is currently uh, in process of purchasing one of these units and uh, has a deposit there. So I have a non... Um, it's a pecuniary. Non-pecuniary, thank you for the word. It's a pecuniary. I'm afraid you'll have to leave the room. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just as well. <laughs> Sorry about that, Councillor Hicks. It's often quite hard to um, realise it until it suddenly flashes up on the, on the screen. Hmm? Yes. yes, somebody is. The daughter is. The daughter is. Uh, your family is. Thank you. If you'd like to press the Good afternoon, Madam Chairman. Wendon Zambo Parish Council has no objection to the change of use of the mill into flats. However, we believe the application is flawed because this is actually a development of 16 plus flats, which was always intended to be built beyond the original curtilage. This is evidenced by the marketing literature, which has always been for flats with two bedrooms and numerous roof dormers, glass atrium, etc. We believe that the applicant should have put in a full planning application for the whole development. Unfortunately, the applicant has hidden behind permitted development to avoid such issues as road safety and affordable housing being addressed. An earlier planning application was withdrawn when it was realised that refusal was likely on the grounds of overdevelopment, insufficient parking, etc. Permitted development was then used to avoid the real issues. The applicant has sought to avoid even the simplest requirements such as adequate parking and has never met UDC's own parking standards adopted from Essex County Council. There is nothing to prevent the flats being occupied by a couple or a couple with a small child, non-rail commuters or even a single parent with a teenage child. Indeed, as two-bedroom flats, this is likely to be the case. There is no amenity space around the flats. The only reason Essex Highways has not commented on this application is that this appears to be about only one flat and some add-ons. If it was for the full development, then it is likely that Essex Highways would have made the same comments as they have made for Mill House the development opposite the mill, revealing the dangers of the access to the Bear Walden Business Park and requiring contributions from developers to improving the road safety at that point. Residents will need a car to access local services. Our buses are infrequent and unreliable in the village. 
Residents will be crossing the busy Royston Road to access amenities such as the village hall, the cricket pitch, the bell pub, children's nursery and play park. A site visit by the committee would reveal this. It's a very dangerous crossing on the Royston Road and there is no pavement at that side. We disagree with the planning officer and believe the mishmash of architectural design for the dormers, the atrium and the lift detracts from the building. The sole reason for the dormers and atrium are to squeeze in as many flats as possible. We respectfully suggest that a site visit could be arranged to enable the committee to investigate our concerns. We feel sure that a visit would show our comments are valid. Thank you very much, Madam Chairman, for listening. Thank you. And we have the agent who wishes to speak, uh, Alistair Allen. Madam Chairman, uh, members, good afternoon. We have, uh, as you've now heard, uh, consent to build 16 flats on this site and the application that is now before us is to uh, add a 17th unit uh, and to extend three of those consented uh, units to create three two-bedroom units and of course add a lift which is a most important addition to our, to our scheme. My client is very anxious to achieve a quality development and, uh, and has now been able to gain control over an adjacent area of land that can be used to enhance the amenities of the site. This was not the case when we submitted the application, um, but it is, however, the case now. I know that Mr Theobald has evidence of that and he will elaborate on that if, if asked those questions. Um, this adjacent land can be used um, to position a self-contained sewage treatment plant on the site and additional car parking, um, which will give us an additional three spaces, which will give us a total of 34 spaces which does actually comply with council policy uh, for 17 flats. The parish council contend that this application is, is overdevelopment, and they also comment that the design of the building, although, uh, on, on, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, they comment on the design of the building, although no such comments uh, have been received that have been detrimental from your, your officers. The parish council comment further that the erection of, uh, uh, of the, an addition to create the lift is detrimental to highway safety as it's taking up a valuable land that could be used for car parking. Essex County Highways Authority have no such concerns over the car parking as proposed and therefore the car parking is deemed satisfactory by Essex County Council. Also, I think while we're considering car parking, we should maybe not uh, forget that as a commercial building, this building would have housed probably 90-odd people who may well have arrived in individual cars. What we've, what we've now got uh, is 34 flats uh, that, that may well be sharing, um, but at least we've got 34, sorry, I'm sorry, 17 flats, but 34 spaces. Um, so I think this can be seen as being uh, a great underuse of what, uh, what the land previously was at. Um, to expand on the point I made earlier as well, uh, it's my uh, client's intention to install a self-contained sewage treatment plant on the site that will be suitable for up to 250 people. This is work that will be done in, in conjunction with the landowner and will be uh, to the benefit of all on the site and to the surroundings. So in conclusion, the application has the support of the planning department. It is not overdevelopment by definition. We're creating a lift within the building that will service uh, the, the, the use of the building and, and uh, uh, that will then voluntarily bring us up to the high standards of Uttles District Council for buildings of this sort where it to be a new, a new, a new development. Um, the use of the building as 17 apartments is less intense than the previous B1 use. 
that no objections have been received from any of the external consultees such as Essex County Council uh, or the Environment Agency or the Highways uh, Department. Thank you very much, Chairman. Thank you. Mr Brown, you wish to come in? Hey, this is... Sorry. <laughs> Uh, this, this again is complicated, but I'll just give a backdrop to this as well. I have absolute sympathy with the parish on this particular issue because they've been hit on, a, on two sites because this, 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 I would say, ludicrous change of planning permission and um, change of use issues. But the, the change of legislation is not of the, not of the uh, developers making. It's, it's a change of it to increase the, the provision of housing. What seems to have been lost is the impact that that could have on the, on, the, on the amenities of people in the area, as well as, let's be honest about it, the loss of employment land as well. But that's where we are. Um, but um, what we have here is a development, and I'm being very keen throughout of this, this is the second go at this application, because I've been very keen that the application is, is exactly what it described as. Um, we have... One thing I disagree with Mr Allen is it, they haven't got consent for 16 units. They didn't need permission for the 16 units. It's permitted development. And so therefore those 16 units have now been developed. Now part of this proposal in front of us was an extension of three of those units to make them from one bedroom to two bedroom. That wasn't the case when we dealt with the first application. You weren't, they weren't extending those units. Those units weren't there. They were... They were programmed to be in there but they weren't there now my view and I was quite tough on the applicants on this one to actually say you cannot say you're extending something which isn't there so I would see that what was previously submitted to us was the an application for the provision of three two bedroom flats as well as the additional one so it's provision of four units um, building controller being uh, going through these three units, the three units on either side which are part of the extension, I've actually been in those three units and they've actually got us, they are actually completed as far as building control routes apart from them but the roofs and the bathroom because they're going to have to be moved. Now I could have forced the developer to go through the route of putting walls in and putting baths in and putting doors in and completing it and to undo it but that we need to be pragmatic here. The, the application is now for the extension of those three units to, from a one bedroom units to three bedroom to two bedroom units as well as the provision of a single a different unit in the, in the space as part of the extension the issue regarding the provision of the lifts the lift shaft is the issue that is an addition to the proposal that those 16 units whatever people are buying those 16 units or 17 units of plan with the provision of a lift the lift's not there and therefore those flats are there so therefore this is an addition so unfortunately however on the backdrop of the ridiculous legislation that we got here this is, this is genuinely an extension to provide a lift shaft and additional one bedroom for those three units and the provision of one unit, which therefore, technically speaking, and, I'm not even, and, the, and the developer's not even suggesting this, technically speaking, those units only require two parking spaces because the rest of it is permitted development. Obviously, and it's not out the, the goodness of the developer's heart because in order to sell the plots they obviously do require car parking but they are providing car parking up to the necessary standards and so therefore they are actually doing more than they need that's a very difficult message to give but you can't lose sight of the significance but I, I do have absolute sympathy with the parish council in terms of what they've, what they've this is not what the change in legislation had in its mind to do to a very small village like Wyndham Zambo so it's a very difficult message to give but I think it's important that members have that as the backdrop Yes, it's, uh, one does wonder what the uh, Department of 
local government actually how they wish these things up because it, it can be disastrous. You can understand it in a large city like London, but when you put it down into the Wind and Zambo, it has a totally different concept attached to it. And I think we've got to remember this is an extension to two or three flats. Uh, can I just ask on the extra land that could be used as, 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 as um, amenity? Uh, I, that sort of came in the in the um, agent's um, speech. So can you just clarify that? What is that actually going to happen? Yeah. Well, uh, whilst this is showing the area aged in red, which is actually the footprint of the building here, and this is the extension, the three-storey extension here on the south side, um, this, this area here, um, these buildings aren't there anymore. Uh, they've been demolished. And um, if I go to the best photo, this is it here. This is literally on, on Monday, uh, taken on Monday. And uh, I've been informed by uh, the agent that this land has now been acquired by the developer and therefore is within his control. Uh, there were two issues here. First of all, regarding the uh, installation of um, a, uh, uh, a bio disc or, or treatment plant, which I think could go in there. And secondly, there is certainly room for the three parking spaces here, which would make the 34, because it's technically three spaces deficient if you look at the parking standards, but because it's only for the one dwelling, uh, to make it totally, totally compliant, uh, it would be 34 for 17 uh, apartments, which are two, two bedroomed. There's certainly provision in there, as you can see, for three car parking spaces and possibly the, the, the treatment plant as well. I understand it. You don't need parking for permitted development. Am I correct on that? Yes. So actually, there's going to be plenty. Okay, fine. Thank you. Right. Councillor Monell. Chairman, before I say what I want to say, could I just ask the officers whether a BAT survey was actually done, <coughs> despite the permitted development? Do they have to do a BAT survey? No, they, sorry, no. they, they don't. As part of the planning process, they're not required to do one, but under the Wildlife Act, they need to be ensured that they do not harm any habitats. So, again, that's another thing that's circumvented in terms of the, the PD routes, and that they don't actually have to do it openly regarding a planning application. Yes, I mean, it's very interesting that we've just turned down a development of six houses at the top there because they didn't have a BAT survey, but that will come back as well. But I just want to say I fully sympathise with the Parish Council's concerns and the evident impact of permitted development, which does not give the planning authority full jurisdiction when there is no requirement for the applicant to be guided by planning policy. I do sense that the sympathetic approach to the increasing number of flats from 14 to 16, now 17, is due to an assumption that all the new residents here will be commuters and will not impact on the normal life of this village, allowing them to hop over the bridge, etc., for the train. And the officers are not fully appreciating the effect on the access to Bear Walden site by the increased traffic. The report has dealt with all the concerns of the Parish Council, but the Parish Council has a broader view of the impending escalation of development in and around this site. And I would request a site visit for the committee to gauge the obvious inherent dangers themselves of the access. Essex County Council highways have again failed to examine the effects of the development here, so nothing new there. 
it is evident that by giving permission for piecemeal development here, the Council is failing in its duty to gauge the full, Im the full impact on the local community of possibly 250 extra persons. So I am requesting a site visit. To Can I just get clarification on this? Because actually the 14 flats are permitted, 16 flats are permitted development. So whatever happens, they are going to be there. We can't get rid of them. They are there. Yeah, there. So I do question your reason for a site visit. I probably shouldn't, but I do because I'm just legally asking the offices because we're actually asking for a, a site visit to look at an extension to make three flats bigger. Am I, plus, am I, plus one more. Plus one more. Uh, no, two, two flats bigger and one more. So, so can I just have an a, a, a officer's view on that before I go for a seconder? I, I, to be honest with you, I think what you've just said is correct. But I, and, I, and, I, and I will defend officers, and I think you weren't criticising officers because of the, the restriction and in terms of our jurisdiction. But I think, yeah, we are, you will go out and you will see the impact of 16 flats, which are going to become 17 flats. And I think um, that is not what you're considering regarding the planning application. You're, you are considering an additional unit and some of those free one-bedders to become free two-bedders. So, um, so I think you may not be getting the... You, I've got no issues with you going to see the impact, but you're not seeing the impact necessarily of the proposal in front of you. You're seeing the impact of what was permitted development. But that's, that's all Chairman, I, I, just, I just really want the committee to actually see this side because there's going to be another application at the top end. There's already another application the other side of the railway line. This is a huge impact on this village, and I just want the committee to see the dangers that are inherent in this bridge and the access to that site, it's, there's, there's no site splay. It's, it's incredibly dangerous, and that's not been taken into account at all. I hear where you're, coming, I hear where you're coming from, but what I'm trying to establish is what a site visit is going to, 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 to establish for, for, for the committee. But I will ask for a secondary in a minute and, and, and find out if that is what the committee wants. Okay, if we, and the reasons for the site visit are access. Okay. We will then go to the vote on a site visit to establish whether the access is going to have uh, a problem on the site. All those in favour, please share. Are you voting for your proposal, Jan? <laughs> I know it's late. Three. Those against? One, two, three, four, five, six. Fine. I'm sorry, you have lost that. I understand where you're coming from. It's just that I'm trying to, to, to make the distinctions between something which is going to happen, it's there, it's happening, and something that, that, that might happen. And I think we need clarification. You know, we need to be very clear on that. I mean, may I come back? Because this is a huge problem for villages and any other village that has redundant buildings like this. What are we as a council, what representation are we making to the government, to the MP, etc., about the impact of permitted development? We, we made very strong representations with regard to this because I insisted we did. 
but they didn't listen to us. And, and Mr. Brown, you might. I mean, you guys are the politicians at the end of the day, but I think it, I would love to bring the planning minister to Wendon Zambo to see what this is what you've done. It's not us, it's them. And, 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 and I think, you know, and I. I've, absolutely passionately agree with you in terms of what you're doing and I think that's so but that's for you guys to actually decide whether you want to actually make any representations to, to, to probably not the right moment well it might be the right moment in time to actually make those representations but that's for you guys Recently, uh, Councillor Menel, uh, the leader of this council, met with the planning uh, minister last week. It was a great shame that we couldn't highlight this one, but we maybe need to ask him. I will suggest that this committee back me in asking that we write to the minister again with regard to this Section J or whatever it's called, permitted development, because I think I, I agree in principle for large towns it can make a huge difference. But for little tiny villages, and maybe there needs to be an amendment to the Act that says areas under so many population, these, the, 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 the plans have to go through the normal planning process. That's something as politicians we maybe need to take up with the government because we all have to work to the government's uh, uh, guidance that they send down to us and the restrictions. Councillor David. Uh, Madam Chairman, can I suggest that next time we have a site visit on other sites that we include a trip up to this area just so we, we're familiar with it if any further applications come in I, I think that we could do it as a site visit for a uh, future you know to look at a, an area like this right I'm sorry I've got Councillor Mackman there. thank you very much all right. uh, obviously we've got to be pragmatic about this I mean the 16 flats are already there what we're basically looking at is one flat two extensions uh, so long as we've got assurance that there will be sufficient parking spaces I'm happy to support this application and recommend that we approve it do I have a second of that? Councillor Ranger, do you wish to say anything? No. Okay. Councillor Eden. Yes, I just thought I would present the other point of the argument. First of all, uh, the Chief Executive of this Council has made the point that we have to implement policy, uh, and the Government's policy is very clear, and I really don't understand that the passion that's being... This was an old mill, and as somebody rightly identified, it could have had 100 people there. Indeed, it could have had more than that. Uh, and we're converting it into 17 flats, which has got to have a lot less impact on the village in terms of traffic and so forth. Uh, and to suggest this is a remote village is nonsense. There's an hourly bus service. You walk over the footbridge, you get on the bus, and it runs until late in the evening. So I think you've got a little bit clearer. The government policy is sound, in my view. This is a good example of what could have ended up being just a derelict building. We're going to have uh, flats, uh, and, and I believe uh, the, the, the decision to support this is absolutely right. Councillor Easton. Can we, Madam Chairman, please just scotch this, this misinformation that hundreds of people worked in there and had hundreds of cars to come to them in. Holland's Mill employed about 60 or 70 people, most of whom came by foot or on pushbike or a horse. Right, you've had your say. All right, it has been proposed and seconded. Councillor Perry, do you wish to add anything else? Just very quickly. Um, as far as parking goes, that area is 
premium for parking, both for commercial and for travelling public. How are we going to maintain that the parking is for the residents? I am sure that the developer will make sure that the parking that they provide for their residents will stay with their residents. Uh, there are lots of ways that they can do that. So, it has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Those against? Abstentions? Two abstentions. Right, we will swiftly move on to the, the next one. I, I, I realise you have to go, Councillor Lemon. Um, can, can you ask Eric to come back, please? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, he's turned up. Hold oh, it's all right. Okay. Right. The next one is. Yeah. Oh, goodbye. Right. The next one is UTT 3326 Little Camfield. And Mr. Brown, you're going to take us through this. Right, before we start this one, I'm going to declare non-pecuniary interest because I know Mr. Ray's mother who sits on the, the Little Canfield Village Hall Committee, um, and it's a, like all villages, we have our people in it, but it's a non-pecuniary interest. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I think this application is relatively straightforward, but that's famous last words. Um, the application... <laughs> it's 25 past six. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the application sits on the, uh, on the edge of Little Canfield or adjacent to... There are adjoining listed buildings in the area. The proposal is for the change of use of land for the erection of a stable building, construction of serviced exercise area, all connection with the keeping and exercise of horses. It is quite a substantial development, but it is a substantial development in an appropriate location. This is the type of development that you would expect to see in the countryside, as opposed to an agricultural use. Similarly, you would have had exactly the same type of buildings for, for development. It is for horticulture, wholly appropriate in the open countryside, uh, and it is considered the application is, is appropriate. There are no objections from the Council's list of building officers. Uh, there's no objections from highways. You're comparing it to a, a previous res uh, uh, agricultural use, so the, 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 the related uses in terms of traffic flow are not considered. And there is no impact on, on the residential amenities of adjoining occupiers, so the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you. And the applicant, Mr James Ray, would like to come up. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, as I said, uh, I am James Ray. Um, I currently farm organically um, on uh, 420 acres, um, and we aim to, my wife and I aim to extend this into uh, horse livery. Um, we currently run HLS agreements and OLS agreements, which are biodiversity programs for increasing uh, wildlife. Um, we have uh, lapwings, um, native breeds, and um, uh, grey partridge. Uh, we also put down um, over six hectares of uh, wild bird seed mixture and uh, pollen nectar mixture. Um, so wildlife is, is of, of utmost importance to us. Um, 
we we aim to diversify so th this is a diversification of the farm it's not it's not to stop farming um i love farming and want to carry on that farming um and uh we want to secure the land so we are able to farm in the future uh we fingers crossed we will be employing up to 10 uh, part-time staff um, and with the development that's going on around the area with Pryor's Green, Woodlands Park um, and soon to be the land in between Woodlands Park and Pryor's Green um, I believe this uh, will support the policy of ENV5 by um, securing the land for the future Thank you Thank you uh, Councillor Mackman Thank you very much uh, the, the applicant answered one of my questions uh, by saying that there's going to be Ten part-time jobs attached to this because I wondered how much employment it would generate. I'm perfectly happy that uh, we should uh, recommend this for approval. For that, Councillor Davy. Yes, I second that, Madam Chairman. Councillor Ranger. Yes, despite what's in the report, Chairman, there's no condition regarding archaeology. Well, yes, we 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 are sure we've got a Roman villa somewhere around there. Lost <laughs> <Well, I> spotted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's. I think we've been down the farm before, haven't yeah, we? But so I don't no, think it's, it's. Yeah, it's noted. Recommended archaeology condition yeah. as well, yeah. Councillor Perry. Very quickly, our officers satisfied that we don't need anything to restrict the use just to this, because what, what we don't want is to be turned into um, residential at the top end for people, or have we got sufficient not to allow it to take place? It's, it's a specific use, so therefore there would be a requirement for any change of use for it to be used for anything else. Even if it ended up becoming full-blown something other than a livery, like a riding school or something like that, it will be a, it will be a different issue. So it, it is exactly what it is in the application. Just one question with regard to the uh, um, the um, getting rid of the waste from the horses. Uh, do we have a condition to deal with that? Because we do, you know, in the old days it used to be piled up, and then and sometimes it uh, caught. Uh, I'm sorry, you've got, you're not allowed to speak, but yeah. I'm sure the office is going to. I'm sure the applicant's got this in hand, but I think we don't usually put this condition on. But there's no harm if you want to put a condition on in terms of in terms of waste storage. Yeah, basically, yeah. So there is, there is, there is no harm. I don't, I don't think we were wrong not putting a condition on, but there's no harm of putting a condition on if you want. It's just that we had a problem with one of the, um, one of the other applications we had some years ago with regard to it. I'm sure that there is a proper system in place. It's just we don't know about it. Or we could, we have the condition saying that uh, you know details need to be submitted as to how the the, 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 the horse waste is being dealt. We could with. certainly do that. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm perfectly happy to add that to condition. It has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous. Okay. Right. Okay. And the next one is... Oh, we're not even at the end of the line, on the list yet. UTT 143730, take And this is actually stands today. Thank you, Chairman. I think this is generally quite straightforward. Members are approved, recall previously we've approved development for a new airport. A new, sorry. Sorry, that we've got that one under delegated. <laughs> a new application for a new hotel. And there was an issue regarding um, 
car parking whilst it was happening. And hopefully this will, you know, there was a requirement to provide car parking directly adjacent to it, which might not become available just yet. So there is a, there is a proposal to provide it um, away from the site, actually well away from the site in terms of where we're currently it's the, if you like, the employment part of the site where the business units are likely to be coming it's only a temporary nature it's a temporary, temporary nature so whilst they're preparing the temporary car parking area, they will be parked there with, with a shuttle bus bringing people to the site um, once it becomes available it will then, the temporary conditions so all it's actually doing is or until other temporary arrangements have been made available to the use of the staff to accommodate the lost car spike. So it just adds that extra layer in it. And then it, the issues in terms of, well, where, where's the end to all this? There, is a, there will be proposals coming in for those industrial units, so I think money will, money will speed things up in terms of that. So it's, it, it sounds complicated, but it's quite straightforward, I think. Could I just ask a question? I mean, the parish council has said, do we have a limit? Uh, there's nothing so permanent as temporary sometimes, and maybe we need to put a, um, a year or 18 months on it as a limit. It's what, what's happening is they cannot build the extra car park. Um, they're going to extend the car park down by the control tower for this development. That was the agreement. They can't do it in the time that they wish to, to start building. There's not enough time to do both. And therefore, this um, uh, park and ride, or whatever we want to call it, has been suggested. What I'm saying is that's fine, but we maybe need a time limit on it because we don't want it to go on for ad infinitum. So is it a good idea to have a... Uh, how long does it take to build a hotel? A year? 18 months? Maybe we have a two-year two, two, two Don't forget, of course, they... They have got three years in which to build the ho to start building the hotel, and okay. then an hour, and then it, so therefore you may be over restricting them in terms of how it is. Okay. So I mean, you could be talking four and a half years because they may not start it for another two years, that type of scenario. But I think it is self-fulfilling because there is a requirement to put industrial units on there, and they won't hang about in terms okay. of doing that. All right. Okay. If you feel that we are protected enough. Okay, Councillor Salmon. Yes, Madam Chair. Why can't we put a temporary order on it for three years, like the time limit they've got for the hotel, so we've got a fixed date to work to? But you could actually be undoing what you're trying to do, because you're actually we want them to be parking on there for the less possible time. And if you turn around and say it might end up in a four-year period because, you, you know, they can't start until three years. You're actually giving them consent for the temporary, temporary car park for four years, which you don't want. You want to do it for the minimum amount of time. My view is it's not necessary, but by adding a condition and raising it, you may be making matters worse to somewhat. But that's members' judgment. It's members' call. What I'm trying to do is to make sure that they get started putting in the car parking spaces by the control tower as soon as possible and not using this as an excuse to delay longer. I don't know how how you word it, but uh, maybe we work it, the permission is given um, until they have, um, you know, put in their... Um you could say that, um, again, I don't think this is necessary, but it's members call way through, is do you could actually say the car parking should not, should be secretly, the temp, any, because don't forget we're doing this in the basis of, um, or until other temporary arrangements have been made available for the youth staff. Any other alternatives, any other alternative areas other than the designated area, 
shall be vacated within one year of the commencement of the construction of the airport, so oh, construction of the um, hotel. That, it's very, that, it's that, very, that's very, very clumsy, okay. but that's the only way that I would say doing okay. it. Okay, I'll do it another way. How about a informative note to the to the applicant saying that we hope this will be as short as possible because we would like to see the permanent replacement car park built as soon as possible. Uh, is that, do you all agree that is the better way to do it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. Can I be satisfied that the new car park is going to be at the control tower site because yes, I've been petitioned by staff that they're going to Endeavour House and it's a two-mile walk back to the with no facilities to get no, into the terminal. The, the, the permission that has been given it is around the back of the control the control tower. That's the permission we gave three months ago. Yeah. yeah. So they would have to come back uh, to look at something else. Okay. It has been proposed and seconded. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six. six. Oh, unanimous. Yeah, unanimous. Okay. Then positively the last one. No, 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 no. We've got another one. I'm saying positively we're going. Proposed and seconded the last one. Who proposed and seconded? Councillor Mackman. And you, you proposed this one, didn't you? Yes. Oh, you didn't. I beg your pardon. Right. I apologise. Proposed. Do I have a seconder? Councillor <laughs> Davy. I'm sorry. It's getting late. Um, all those in favour, please show. I beg your pardon. I had not. Right. Are you in favour of a temporary car park, Jan? Yes, right. Let's go again. All those in favour, please show. Those against? Right. The next one is UTT 150227, Great Eastern. And Mr. Brown, you're going to take us through this. This is detail following uh, outline. Chairman, Councillor Davies. I'm oh, no, really going to propose it, but perhaps we ought to wait until we hear what it is. <laughs> Beg your pardon. I apologise. It's not the one I think he's it. He's proposed to say. Beg your pardon. No, it's UTT 150227. It is right. full. What I'm trying to say, it's a full application. This, this application is only in front of us because it is a local member. Yeah. Um, your members will recall the, the approval that we gave for a uh, specific uh, accommodation in that proposal. That required the removal of some stables. And all of this proposes is to replace what was basically six stables. Three need to be removed. It's replacing the remaining those with just three stables. It is as simple as that. And, and that's all that's proposed. So as I think it's pretty non-contentious and the re application is recommended for approval, Chairman. All those in favour, please show. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. The next one is um, a tree at Clavering. <laughs> no, don't be so horrible. Okay. This is only in front of us because it is our own work. Uh, there is a requirement for the to fell one horse chestnut tree at 12 Savile Close Clavering. The tree is actually causing 
uh, harm to, to one of the council's properties, and so it is recommended that it be felled. Uh, we have no objections to its felling, provided they built, provided they, they plant another uh, suitable replacement tree. Not necessarily horse chestnut, I should add, because horse chestnut in that particular location is probably not causing a pro- is, is actually causing a problem in terms of its location. So uh, the application, it is recommended that the t- the tree be the TPO uh, application be approved with a suitable replacement. So proposed. Seconded from Councillor Mackman. Could I just say that, yes, suitable. I do. I proposed it. Oh, um, what I wanted to say was let's make sure that they do put a suitable one that doesn't get too tall because that is the problem with a lot of these trees. They get. Uh, they, mm, they, they, they get too tall. So, so it is the, a suitable tree both in species and size is what I wanted to add. Councillor Menor, you wish to say something? <laughs> yes, I want to object, because I know this horse chestnut tree, it's beautiful, and it's only damaging a porch, so I'd rather see the porch removed rather than the tree. <laughs> the people that live at the house might have a different opinion. I think we have to remember to live in harmony with both nature and the people that live there. So, but um, it has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. Those against? One. Okay, fine. It has been carried. The next one is appeal decisions. Very good work from everybody. I think we've got them all, haven't we? All bar one. Let's see. What was the one that we missed? Right at the end. Um, oh, the, the four, yes, yes, I did read that one. I did read that one. Hmm. Not bad, though, Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. I did say earlier, but I'll say again. The first one was uh, where the inspector, because I looked through the whole of the decision, uh, virtually took highways apart and went on our side rather than highways and said they were completely, didn't take into account the, the true application. And it's nice to know that they do listen to us sometimes. I totally agree with you, they do. But what I was trying to make the point earlier is that highways are the authority that have the the statutory duty to do it, and we have to go along with that. Um, If we had it our way, we'd have it a very different way. Is it not appropriate, perhaps, at this point to, again ask highways to come and talk to us again at one Absolutely. of our meetings because uh, uh, well, we've had so many where it's been controversial regarding access points that I'd love to know their rule of thought. What I could suggest is that please officers can you look very carefully at the applications that are coming up for the next committee meeting and if there are highway issues there can we please have the highways with us. I, and, and I can certainly put that in, in track in terms of as well as mem- they seem to be and this is maybe the planning officers not necessarily highway officers are actually putting no objections in the report there is more to it in terms of what highways are putting forward and that's not really helping yours so I'll, I'll do both those things. Maybe it's time to write them a letter again to just say that we need more than no objections. They are giving us more, but we're reporting less. Okay. Councillor Matman. Would it be appropriate to pass on congratulations to the officers, because I think most of those appeals are down to them? Pardon? I said, would it be appropriate to pass on congratulations to the officers, because I think the bulk of those applications... Oh, yes. And I think, yes, yes. Uh, We are very lucky. We are very lucky. Right. 
I have no urgent business, but thank you all for sticking with it that are here. It was a long agenda, but we needed to get these off, off the books. Many thanks.